Hey everyone, Skeletoni here. And Taylor of Terror. And we just wanted to say thanks for listening. Yeah, your support means the world to us. And what better way to show that support than with an item from the Grave Plot Podcast Store? We've got t-shirts and hoodies available in white or black for men and women. We also have buttons. So show the world that you're a little dead inside by going to the store.graveplotpodcast.com. And help us continue to make fine quality podcasts just like this. Podcast. I'm your host, Skilla Tony, and I am Taylor of Terror. I want to thank you for joining us on our first episode. I just discovered the technical term for the inside of a pumpkin is endosperm. Just slinging endosperm all over just, the room. Just throwing endosperm everywhere. Just throwing ropes all over the walls. <laughs> With, uh, Writer director Eric Ingwood. How you doing, Eric? Good. How are you guys? Hello, I am Skeletoni. And I am Taylor of Terror. And we are coming at you live from Crypticon Seattle 2014. The voice of the Crypt Keeper. How you doing, John? That's right, Creeps. <laughs> Drunken cinema. Was I hidden? My mind. <laughs> watching fucking titties. Fucking titties. He's watching some porn. They're so juicy, dude. Not yet. I mean, this is our this is our tenth episode. This is episode X. <laughs> this is episode triple X. Ow! This is episode forty. Welcome to the Grave Plot Podcast. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another edition of the Grave Plot Podcast. I am Skeletoni. I am Taylor of Terror. And we want to welcome you to episode 50. 50! Hey! Uh, it's a bit of a milestone for us. Yeah. I mean, 50 doesn't seem like that much, considering we've been doing this so long, but take into, mind, take into account that we only do it every other week. Plus, we've had Octoberamas and Drunken Cinemas. Right. Yeah. Uh, we haven't really counted every release as a full episode. Right. Um, yeah, we haven't had a full episode in, or like an actual numbered episode, like for two years now in October. Yeah. And uh, minisodes and, and such. Such. Yes. <laughs> Although we did something weird. That I was like when I was going back and looking at our old episodes, uh, our first Thanksgiving special we counted that as like a, a special it was, episode. It was a half, right? Yeah. And then the next one was a full. Well, because I think the first year it didn't land on a scheduled date, so we just kind of stuck it in the middle. That's right. We did it on an off week. Yeah. Right. Okay. Well, that makes a little more sense. Um. But yeah, so 50 episodes, I can't believe we made it this far. I know. <laughs> it's like taking a lot of dedication and commitment. 
Um, but, uh, yeah. Uh, how you doing? I'm doing quite well. Mm. Yes. Mm, indeed. <laughs> um, what's new? Uh, you always ask me this and that's, I think we just, we talk too often and so I never have anything exciting. Well, you don't have to necessarily, it doesn't have to be something new to me, something that the listeners might like to hear. I don't, I don't think so. No. Okay. Uh, well, I just got done being sick. Uh, that was fun. I bet it usually is. Um, it was weird because I got, or my, I went to my parents' house uh, a couple weeks ago, um, and came home the, the next day. My dad was texting me and said, uh, "Hey, your your mom and I are sick, so um, I think we're going to delay some kind of plans that we had or something." Um, I was like, "You're you're fucking sick," because <laughs> I I hate getting sick. There's few things in this world that I hate more than being sick. Uh, I, I I avoid common colds like they're the plague. Um, and, uh, but you know, several days went by and nothing. I like didn't have any symptoms. I was like, okay, well I dodged this one. And my par- my dad said, yeah, well we're you know feeling better now. So we went over there again the following weekend. Uh, and I think it was, the, like halfway through the day, my dad says, oh, yeah, uh, you know, we had we, – we thought we were getting better, but then it came back and, you know, we both got these nasty coughs and like, shit. <laughs> so then another couple of days went by and I thought I was okay, but then it started to hit me, like just stuffed up. And, you know, somebody who grew up with allergies, like actually being just all stopped up, that's like a nightmare <laughs> mm. because my – Breathing through my nose is already a struggle. <laughs> anyway. Well, I'm glad you're feeling better. Yeah, me too. I still got a little tightness in my chest, but... This cushion on your couch is weird. Uh, we bought the couch used, and it already had a nice little ass groove in it. And it was fine at first. It was like, oh, I don't have to work one in myself. But now it's really just fucked the whole thing up. Well, this one is like extra bouncy, and it feels like there's a spring in my ass. It probably is. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm sure that, like, the springs are broken, so. Oh, good. Yeah. Well, I mean, it doesn't hurt or anything, so. Yeah. I'm sure there's just, you know, slowly digging through the padding and the fabric. And <laughs> good. Eventually, it'll stab somebody's asshole. Hopefully, it's not me, because <laughs> I will sue you. <laughs> Ooh, you can sue me. <laughs> sue me, sue me. <laughs> um, anyway. So where's the champagne? I don't drink champagne. That's episode 50. We've got to celebrate. We can't drink. I can, why not? I'm a grown-ass man. <laughs> All right. <laughs> well, you know, you might bleed profusely later. They don't know about that yet. We're, Are we saving it? Yeah. Oh. We're saving ourselves. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh Anything else? Some, oh. of, some of you might know what we're talking about because I think I'm going to periscope it. You're going to periscope it? Yeah. Oh. Okay. Hey, guys, we're on periscope now. We are? Yeah. Well, all right. <laughs> <laughs> we haven't periscoped anything as of this recording. We will have by the time this airs, but follow us on periscope. Just grave underscore plot. I think so. I signed up through Twitter, so. Yeah, I think that's usually how it works. 
I've periscope, but I've never actually periscope. Isn't periscoping like a sexual act? Something to do with your dick? Your dick's a periscope? Not to my knowledge. Uh, I'm going to Google it. <laughs> All right. Um, oh, so when, when I was sick, um, I started listening to The Stand and uh, listening to the opening of The Stand is not wise when you're sick, especially when you've got something that seemed like it went away and then came back. Uh, anybody that's familiar with the stand knows that Captain Trips acted much that way. That I had some similar symptoms, albeit a more moderate form of them, but, you know, not something I wanted to hear. Uh, okay, wait. Oh, wait, there's a Swedish periscope. Hang on, I'll get into that in a minute. Uh, the act of whipping the dick out while fully erect and placing it carefully between the gut and the elastic of your underwear. Why? Why? I don't know. On Superbad, he says it feels amazing, and he almost busted a nut in his belly button. <laughs> We're not going to be doing that. The only purpose for doing that I can think of is to hide your heart on. Yeah. But we will not be doing that. No, we're not going to do that. We will also probably not do a Swedish periscope, which is a sex act in which a woman or man in a crouching position places their eye upon... Oh, Jesus Christ. Places their eye upon the anus of a standing male partner. They then proceed to grasp the shaft of the periscope. Advanced users can then proceed to adjust the knobs of the periscope. The move is finished with a successful load blown and a cry from the gazer of fire the torpedoes as the recipient lets loose a fart. (laughs) The fart should be moist so the gazer receives a maritime spray of ocean wind. What the actual fuck? Who the fuck came up with that? We will definitely not be doing that. Why is it Swedish? I don't, I don't know. <laughs> God damn it. Some depraved fuckers in this world. That's fucked up. <laughs> no, we're not doing that. <laughs> we are definitely not ever doing that. Uh, fuck. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> On that note. <laughs> so this is probably going to be a shorter episode. We don't have an interview lined up. Uh, and we don't have a lot of news. It's a pretty slow news week. Yeah, I kept looking for more, and it was just nothing really interesting. Yeah. But oh well. I don't have a problem with that. Less editing for me. Yeah. Uh, it took me like two full nights of editing that last episode because the audio for our interview was so fucked up. Oh, yeah. And then um, I started editing and... Like, I was probably, oh, about 20 minutes into the show, and the program crashed. Oh, fuck. And didn't save anything. Lovely. Yeah. So, I had to start from scratch. And I, I, I gave up that night. Like, that, that was the first night, and I, I'm like, okay, done. <laughs> and did the entire show from beginning to end in one night. Wow. Yeah. That's actually impressive. It was, a, it was an endurance trial, but, you know, I did it. <laughs> I, th- I think the interview turned out pretty well, considering yeah. how much fucking lag there was. Yeah. Uh, and uh, as, like, when his voice would, like, trail off, 
mm-hmm. and because of Skype. Yeah, and I had to like edit that to make it sound better. Yeah, <laughs> um, that was a lot of work. I bet. Well, That's, we appreciate what you do. Uh, thanks. Good effort. <laughs> uh, okay, so uh, why don't we just do horror business? First up, uh, we've got some real-world horror. Eleven ghost ships <laughs> discovered off the Japanese Why coast. Why are you laughing? I thought you were going to do your stupid little song. Oh. <laughs> so I was trying to not give you time to do it. Um, Remember that movie, Ghost Ship? Yeah. One of the best openings in horror cinematic history. Yeah, dude. And then 95 minutes of absolute shit. I didn't have a problem with that movie. Yeah, it sucks. <laughs> I know it's like pretty, like, like across the board panned, but yeah, because it's bad. I I don't have. But that opening though, <laughs> that opening is fucking awesome. It is. It's the best way to kill so many people in one swipe. Word, literally. Um. Anyway, so eleven ghost ships have been discovered off the Japanese coast. Uh, nobody has any fucking clue where they came from. Uh, there were 20 dead sailors about, uh, aboard. Um, they're described as badly decomposed and skeleton-like. Um, pirate ghosts! <laughs> <laughs> oh, jeez, Goob! <laughs> um, the only f- idea that people have, like, so far where these might have come from is there's some scrap of fabric on the ship that looks like it could be a North Korean flag. Um, and uh, there's writing on the side of the boat that looks like it might read Korean People's Army. So there's that. So people fleeing North Korea, trying to get away from Kim Jong-un. I guess. Oh, you broke up my boss, huh? <laughs> um, that's fucking creepy, though. That's hella creepy. Fucking 11 all up within like a week span, I think. Well... It's like, I don't know if this is worse or on the same level as uh, when all those feet started to wash up on shore. Oh, yeah. That was fucking weird. Yeah. I don't think, like, we still haven't figured out where those came from. Have we not? Wow. That's weird. Like, I think people speculated that it, like, was a result of the um, um, tsunami, I think. Um, But why just feet? I don't know. I don't know. I mean, unless, like, the body's washed out to sea and sharks or something ate the bodies and not the feet. Yeah, ate her? Um, I don't know. I don't either. Crazy wild stuff. Weird wild stuff. So who's going to option Ghost Ship 11? <laughs> uh, Platinum Dunes. Tommy Bloom. Ah, uh, yeah. Probably. <laughs> I'd say maybe uh, Dark Castle, but they don't exist anymore. Did they do Ghost Ship? I think so. Hmm. I'm not entirely positive. But maybe. When the crypt doors creak and the tombstones quake. Happy haunts materialize. And begin to vocalize. Grim, gritty ghosts are to socialize. Now don't close your 
eyes and don't try to hide. So while we still wait for the Guillermo del Toro Haunted Mansion adaptation, it uh, turns out we'll be getting a comic book in the interim being written by Joshua Williamson and with art by Jorge... Interim. What? It's your battle. Okay, Swedish Periscope. Interim. Yeah, no, I got it. Boop. <laughs> so uh, good, I swear. Kiss his asshole. Kiss his asshole until it explodes. <laughs> with art by Jorge Co- Coelho. Co- Coelho? Yeah. Sure. <laughs> uh, it's going to be part of the Disney Kingdom series. Um, the synopsis for Haunted Mansion number one <coughs> says, It seems that no one lives in the elegant mansion on the hill. But where then is that eerie organ music coming from? Are its gates meant to keep people out or keep something in? Filled with wall-to-wall creeps and hot and cold running chills, like happy haunts of the haunted mansion come to afterlife like never before. Get ready to meet the 999 spooks, that's racist, lingering within. But be warned, they're looking for the 1,000th. Spooky. They said filled with wall to wall creeps. Why don't they say filled with grim grinning ghosts? Grim grinning ghosts come out to socialize. Yes, sir. Yeah. That ride's still awesome. Yeah, it is. Have you been? You haven't been to Disneyland lately? Not lately, no. Uh, We went there for uh, well, vacation. Turned out that's where I proposed. Yeah, I know. Right. Everybody I know has been doing that. You're not the only one, Tony. Um, you were the first, I guess. Really? I mean, people have done it lately. Uh, Trisha, remember Trisha, the little Mexican girl? Oh yeah, yeah. She just got engaged at Disneyland. Oh, she's biting on your style. Biting on my steez, yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, they're right. It's it's fucking awesome. You know, a lot of things that you really treasure and love when you're a kid and you, you try to experience them again when you're an adult. Like Space Mountain. Space Mountain's kind of lame as an adult. Yeah. Uh, didn't go on it, though. Wait. Or did I? I don't remember. <laughs> Maybe I did. Couldn't have been that great, then. Um, but, uh, yeah, it's like, and you always worry because you, you want to have those memories of it being awesome. You don't want to overwrite them with it being total shit. Right. Um, which happens with like a lot of movies. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but no, Haunted Mansion is still fucking awesome. Haunted Mansion is like the monster squad of rides. Yeah. It's like, it was awesome as a kid and it's still fucking awesome as an adult. Yeah. And you know, a lot of people, they, they get so turned off and jaded by um, Disneyland in general. It's because of the lines. Yeah. They're fucking nightmare and you know, the crowds and, you know, people that you don't want near you. <laughs> um, and the prices, my God. Uh, I think we spent like 80 bucks a ticket just to get in. $1 million. And then, of course, you know, we were there from morning to night. And so we ate, you know, three meals there. Like we probably spent like close to $300. We didn't really buy anything either. <laughs> Jeez. Uh, of course, we did go to the... Um, oh... Shit, the restaurant in uh, Pirates of the Caribbean. Uh, it's Blue something. Blue, I keep wanting to say Blue Lagoon, but that's not right. Blue Steel. 
That's not blue. No, no. Blue sea sushi. No. No? I don't know then. Uh, I don't know. It doesn't matter. But it was, it was delicious. Get <laughs> better. You just you wanted to kiss the chef's asshole until yeah. it explodes. No, we got these uh, these braised short ribs. They were just a delight. That's great. <laughs> we're way off topic. Nobody cares about any of this. <laughs> Fuck you. Anyway, anyway, Hot Mansion was good. Is yeah. the comic going to have the hat box ghost? That's all I really want to know. I don't know because if it doesn't, I will burn it. I it would only make sense. I, I mean, he's back in the ride. I will throw it in the fire. Throw the ride in the fire, or the, you're going to buy the comic and throw in the fire. If, if there's no hatbox ghost, yeah. All right, I'm not going to buy it. It's not a wise investment. <laughs> <laughs> but who am I? Um, go to Disneyland. Have fun. Okay. <laughs> I have to. If you do go to Disneyland, though, not not you in particular, but anybody listening, uh, I have to advocate for using Ride Max. It's amazing. All right, everybody ride Max. <laughs> you, you act like you're in a hurry. We have very few stories. We got time to kill. No, it's just that this one has gone on way too long, and it's not interesting anymore. You're an asshole. <laughs> Fine. So John Carpenter is uh, working on four different TV shows. Uh, that's a, a lot of a lot of stuff. Uh, his uh, wife and writing partner uh, Sandy King was on the Killer POV podcast. Uh, she said, "There's uh, right now there's four series waiting to go to network. Uh, as far as I'm concerned, we'll do all of them. I mean, they're great and they're different from anything that's out there, and they again push the boundaries of what's horror." I don't, I don't buy that. No? No. Why I mean, not? Because, as we said before on the show, it's like horror is just so oversaturated nowadays. Yeah. Um, it's like, how do you really come up with something that hasn't been done yet? Fucking switch Periscope. <laughs> That's horror. <laughs> That's fucking terrifying. That's, That's horrible. <laughs> um uh, she said uh, John would be directing the pilots and would be uh, EPing them. Uh, they're, they're sci-fi horror, um, and there's one that would be a sci-fi horror crossover future thing. So there's sci-fi, there's horror, and there's sci-fi horror. Uh, all so different. <laughs> yeah. Uh, they're all across the board. I think they'll fulfill what people expect out of him by also being unpredictable. Yeah, I don't... So they'll be totally what you expect by being unpredictable. Doesn't make any fucking sense. Well, it doesn't make any sense whatsoever. I mean, does John Carpenter have it anymore? What was the last thing he put out? I want to say vampires, but uh, it might, be not, might not be right. Yeah, I don't, I don't even know that the last thing that he's done that he didn't... I mean, that he actually, like, wrote. Well, Google it. Um, I mean, I, I love John Carpenter. Like his his old stuff was great. I mean, Halloween, of course, and uh, the thing, the the thing, um, vampires, uh, body bags, which is something that 
not a lot of people talk about when they mention John Carpenter, but I love that thing. It's fucking awesome. I think it was supposed to be a pilot for a TV show, if I'm not mistaken, but they just turned it into a movie. I could be wrong on that, though. It's kind of like a Tales from the Crypt anthology type thing. Have you seen it? No. Well, you should check it out. It's pretty good. Uh, It's got Mark Hamill in it. Last thing he wrote was Ghost of Mars. That wasn't very good. Of course, the mistake was putting Ice Cube in it. Yeah. You can't take Ice Cube seriously. No. Not as an actor, anyway. Maybe if it was still like the early 90s and he was still in NWA, then I'd take him seriously. But, you know, he does like ride along and are we there yet? So. And are we there yet? 12. <laughs> right. And he, I think they tried to do a TV show. Yeah, I heard about that. Uh, I don't know that it's still a thing, but. Do you know they did or talked about or are trying to make an Uncle Buck TV show? I heard about that. With Mike Epps? What? As Uncle Buck. God damn it. Poor John Candy. Fucking rolling over in his grave. grave. Jinx. No more talking. No more from Taylor. Fuck him. Oh, you said my name. Shit. (laughs) Fuck me. Um, Anything to say on this? Um, I... I'll I'll go with cautiously optimistic. Yeah, I mean, you know, he's John Carpenter. You got to give him the benefit of the doubt. I mean, as much as I uh, doubt George Romero's ability anymore, you know, I'll still, if he directs a movie and puts it out, I'll give him like the benefit of the doubt. More doubt, but. <laughs> right? <laughs> anyway, yeah, I don't know. Um, wasn't there talk of him like adapting some comic into a TV show that was supposed to be like space vampires or something? I wonder if one of these is is that. Uh, I don't recall, but yeah, I, mean, I think that probably that sci-fi horror futuristic kind of thing, as it's put, uh, uh, could possibly fit into that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Space vampires. <laughs> vampires in space. <laughs> oh, this is your fucking towel. Take this back home to your girlfriend. What? I'm sick of it. <laughs> Why do I have it? Why do you have it? Uh, I think her and my wife. This <laughs> my wife. Uh, went to a concert and she sat on it because hey, on the grass. Sit on it. <laughs> Anyway. Anyway. Uh, anything else? John Carpenter. <laughs> yep. It's all right. Bacon. I love bacon. Mm-hmm. Bacon. Give me bacon. It's not just for breakfast anymore. Go buy a So, at long last, <laughs> Tremors will once again be fully baconed. This time, uh, is the Kermit the Frog thing? Um, this time on the small special guest, Kevin Bacon. Okay. Oh, here comes Dexter. He wants to know what's going on. He's a troublemaker. Uh, this time on the small screen, Tommy Blum and Blumhouse Productions are making a Tremors TV show. They're gonna fuck it up. 
I mean, it's Tremors, but, you know, still. <laughs> I, could they fuck it up any worse than Jamie Kennedy did? I, all right. <laughs> Wait, which one was he in? Tremors 5. He was? Yeah. Oh, I know Bert was in it, but Bert. <laughs> the, the guy from Growing Pains. Yeah, it just came out like two months ago or something. It's got Jamie Kennedy in it. Oh, all right. I saw it on Netflix or some shit. That doesn't surprise me. It's probably already on like Crackle or something. <laughs> Crapple. Good one. Got him. Burn him. Uh, via Blumhouse.com. Tremors fans better graboid your nuts. Oh, hats. Because this is pretty awesome news. Blumhouse. Magic. What? That's a text. Well, oh. Ignore it. Um, I was about to start reading your text on, on the podcast. Uh, Blumhouse Productions and Universal Cable are teaming up to restart the Monster Worm franchise as a cable TV series. And Kevin Bacon, who is, as you well know, starred in the original 1990 classic, is now confirmed to be reprising his role as Valentine McKee. Gotta make that money. Gotta get baconed. <laughs> you haven't watched Baconed on YouTube? Then just, just do it. What are you even doing with your life? Yeah, you're just... you're. A waste. Uh, Andrew Miller from The Secret Circle, which I guess is a thing, uh, is attached as writer for the series, which will be once again set in the fictional desert town of Perfection, Nevada. Why do they keep going back? (laughs) Don't they know there's worms there? (laughs) There are fucking graboids in Perfection. Don't go there. (laughs) Seems logical. (laughs) Stay out of Crystal Lake. Stay out of the Myers home. Stay out of Perfection Nevada. Right? Uh, Although this time it's 25 years after the events of the original film. So maybe they forgot. It's like, oh, (laughs) right. I forgot about these things. Forgot about that horribly traumatic experience. (laughs) Uh, Tremors is no stranger to television, having had a 13-episode run on Seafy back in 2004. I thought there was a TV show. Okay. But as of now, the producers are shopping the series to several potential networks. It's gonna it's gonna end up on CP. <laughs> like, don't fucking kid yourself, guy. Sci-fi, sci-fi. Let's say sci-fi. It's not. It's that's not how you spell sci-fi. And you can't say, "Oh, we're not a sci-fi network anymore" because we spell our name like an idiot. Well, they did that so they could register it, like they could own that. Oh, is that why? Yeah. I thought it was because they wanted to like start moving away from sci- from being purely sci-fi. That may have been part of it, but the fact is they couldn't own the term sci-fi. That makes sense. So they changed it to... Have you heard about Destination America? Mm, I, I know of Destination America. I don't know what you're referring They're to. They're completely reformatting. They're going to be a paranormal network now. Oh, for Christ's sake. They're going to change their name to something. Des- bit- Destination Ghost House or something. <laughs> I don't know. Is it because only stupid rednecks watch that channel and all they watch is ghost shows? Probably. Or TNA who just killed it. (laughs) Not in a good way. They're like, now everyone's going to associate us with TNA. Fuck! (sighs) So you're not excited about Tremors? Tremors TV? I don't anticipate it being very good. But Um, Bacon. Bacon makes everything better. If it was a movie, that might be one thing. Uh, but TV, no. Uh, but yeah, I mean, bacon does give it that smoky flavor. <laughs> but um, I don't know. <laughs> I'm not 
not hoping for much. <laughs> but but it's Tommy Blum. Yeah, and he f- fucks up so many things. But jamming the holograms. <laughs> Why did they do that? <laughs> I didn't even know Blumhouse was involved with that. It was so out of left field. Right? It's like, like you're known for making horror movies, and then you make Gem and the Holograms. <laughs> then you remake Josie and the Pussycats and call it Gem and the Holograms. <laughs> I, uh, like, uh, was it opening weekend, or two, was it two weeks in? I can't remember. I think it made like $7 it's opening <laughs> right. weekend. Uh, so, I mean, if, you, if you're not, if you haven't already heard of this, Gem completely fucking bombed. Like, or they pulled it after like what 10 days or something yeah i like i couldn't remember if it was two days or two weeks it was i, I want to say it was like 10 days maybe it was um yeah they, they fucking pulled it from the theaters uh they're they might not even do a dvd release i don't know <laughs> yeah because uh, they might lose more money they might lose money by having to print covers yeah um but yeah and then when they announced that it bombed and been pulled from theaters they're like oh check out Jason Blum's reaction. Like, what? (laughs) What the fuck does he care? (laughs) Is it a video of him going, fuck? (laughs) Like, well, we're never not doing horror again. (laughs) Uh, But Tommy Blum done fucked up. Yeah. Uh, Oh, well. (laughs) (laughs) Although, I'm fucking loving Elevator. I haven't. I've only watched a few episodes. I'm loving it. I Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. I want to see not stupid people on it, but the stupid people are funny. I just, I've noticed that the the person who's always like, "I am the biggest scaredy cat in the world," is always the person that makes it to the end. Yeah, I don't. I don't get it. I don't know if they like give them the, the easier challenges or if it's just that they just want to like get it over with so fast that they end up. Well, I mean, doing the, it in time or? the episodes I've seen, nobody has ever actually, like, there have not been two people to make it to the labyrinth. I, I don't know. I, I think I'm behind, like, a couple episodes at this point. Um, but I don't, there has not been two people to go to labyrinth. It's always one person. And if you notice, it's always the first person that went who's also the biggest fucking coward. Um, and, yeah, they always go on the first uh, mission. This the The most recent episode... Spoiler alert, uh, all three make it to the labyrinth. Really? Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah, I might be interested to see that because... And they like completely change the way they do the labyrinth because they've never had three people go before. Really? Yeah. Interesting. Okay. Yeah, I'm going to have to And I was telling out. you that it's got the guy with the, the fucking wicked Boston accent, kid. <laughs> it's fucking sick, bro. <laughs> yeah, and at the end, he's like, I am wicked proud. <laughs> I'm going to call my mother. Tell my mother I love her. Ah, <laughs> uh, shit. Yep, Elevator, yep. Game Show Network. Tremors, what are we talking about? Uh, I think we're done with Tremors. Oh. Okay. <laughs> Moving on. Transylvania 6, 5,000. Going through the news real fast, and we're bullshitting. <laughs> yeah, uh, you skipped a story there. I, I'm just I'm seeing how many more oh. we have left. Uh, okay, 
Well, uh, so the CW is at it again. Uh, <clears throat> I don't have a lot of respect for them as a network. I'll be honest. But Supernatural. I, I, I love Supernatural. I, I love The Flash and Arrow. You love Vampire Diaries. <laughs> yes, but... <laughs> no. That show's so fucking dumb. <laughs> I tried to watch like five minutes of an episode once and it was like, okay. It's got that fucking pretty boy from Lost. I don't know what you're talking about. I didn't watch Lost. He's the the pretty one. I don't watch Lost. Or Vampire Diaries? No, I don't watch. Bullshit. I call bullshit. Remember when the chick from Vampire Diaries sent like a letter to Obama? Like sent anthrax? Obama? Sent anthrax to Obama or something like that? No. Oh, you got to look that up. Nina, Nina Dobrev? No, not her. Oh. Because she's fine. I'd let her get away with it. <laughs> Did you see Let's Be Cops? No. Ah, oh, man. She's just so so precious in that. I saw Final Girls. Oh, right. She's in that, too. <laughs> uh, she's, you know, she was like. Yeah, last episode we referred to her, her as America's Sweetheart. Right. <laughs> or no, National Treasure. That's what it was. Right. Uh, she was in. Yeah, let's be cops. And she was wearing like nothing too risque, but like you know, spaghetti strap tank tops and shit. It's it nice. That's great. It was nice. He's nice. He's he's nice. Of course, there's one person I wouldn't tell. My wife. <laughs> the the best Borat reference ever. Was when we went on our road trip to L.A. And as soon as we got to the hotel, my cousin runs in. <laughs> I forgot about this. Sits in this random chair that's next to the bed and just goes, King in the castle, King in the castle. <laughs> got us so off guard. <laughs> oh, shit. Why were we in a hotel? Uh, I don't remember staying in a hotel <laughs> or reason why. I don't know. so weird i don't know all right how did we get here weren't we talking about the cw <laughs> yep we didn't even actually talk about the story yet <laughs> uh cw is creating a new series called transylvania uh it's being ep'd by midnight radio um, okay uh it's a team consisting of jeff pinkner pinkner uh josh applebaum apple apple bottom <laughs> Boots, what the fuck? <laughs> uh, Andre Nemec and Scott Rosenbike. Scott Rosenbike. Fotsing, uh, <laughs> fotsing crafts. Cave drawings. <laughs> uh, story is eight in the 1800 set series. Oh, no. Got <laughs> uh, going. TV show set in the 1800s that's going to have cheap CGI. That's going to go well. Uh, headstrong young woman in search of her missing father ventures from New York City. New York City! Right? Pace Picante. Chunky. Uh, from New York City to Transylvania. <laughs> All right. Uh, where she teams with, up with a wrongfully disgraced Scotland Yard detective, and together they witness the births of the most famous monsters and villains in history. 
Uh, no. <laughs> I have to assume they're talking about vampires. Dracula. Uh, wait. I don't know. Maybe maybe they're talking about specific characters. But if they're talking about Dracula, yes, thank you, Taylor. <laughs> if they're just referring to vampires in general, uh, vampires have been around a lot longer than the 1800s. Like you could trace like Japanese legends of vampires back to like like the third century. There there were cave vampires. We know because of cave, cave drawings. drawings. <laughs> Nailed it. <laughs> uh, I don't know what they're doing here. Hasn't CW had enough of vampires? I mean, they've got um, they've got Vampire Diaries and they've got the originals, and you know, uh, Supernatural has vampires every once in a while. It's like you're spreading yourself too thin. I don't know. They also got that stupid bullshit Friday the 13th show coming out. Oh, God, I forgot about that. Fucking A. Um, Yeah, CW should stop. The most positive thing I can say about this is it sounds better than Vanessa Helsing. Uh, Well, yeah, that's not hard to do. That sounds like fucking train wreck waiting to happen. They should call this Transylvania. Isn't there already a movie called that? Probably. (laughs) Probably. (laughs) They should call it Tasmania. Come to Tasmania. Come to Tasmania. Come to Tasmania. We mean you! That was a great show. It was a good show. It was an awesome fucking game for Sega Genesis, too. Yeah, dude. <laughs> I had it for uh, Super Nintendo, but yeah, it was fucking rad. Yeah. I loved that fucking game. It was hard as hell, though. Oh, it so was, yeah. <laughs> it's like, it's super easy to, I mean, it's one of those games that, like, starts out really easy, but then suddenly it's really hard. Yeah. <laughs> Like, there's no save points, so you always had to start over. Yeah. It's like, shit, I'm not ready for this. <laughs> I'm not ready for prime time. Uh, yeah. So, yeah, instead of watching Transylvania, go watch old episodes of Tasmania. <laughs> and play the video game. And play the video game if you have a Sega Genesis. <laughs> and email us so we can come over and play. Yes. I think if I ever repurchase a Super Nintendo, that might be one of the games I try to track down. Yeah. I want to get a Sage Genesis, and I want to get this, and I want to get DuckTales, and I want to get Aladdin, and I want to get Comic Zone and X-Men. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I want to get Super Nintendo. I want to get Tasmania. I want to get the Terminator 2 game, uh, Super Mario World, Earthbound. Fucking A. You fucking sold your copy of Earthbound, you son of a bitch. For like $65. Yeah. I, we're not talking about price here. <laughs> Some things you can't put a price tag on. Did you hear they're releasing Earthbound 4 in Japan? Brand new game? Uh, that or sounds... Mother 4, I guess. Right. Uh, that sounds vaguely familiar. Yeah. Not not in the States. Well, uh, well, <laughs> I'm still thinking Super Nintendo. It's like you can translate or you can actually adapt your Super Nintendo to read Japanese games. I don't think it's coming out for Super Nintendo. <laughs> right. <laughs> And who wants to buy a fucking Wii? Beside yeah. my brother-in-law. <laughs> Nobody wants a Wii. I mean, who are you kidding? My brother's got a Wii. Huh? My brother's got a Your Wii. Your brother's got like a Wii U. Ten. Twelve. Close. Yeah. But still. He doesn't know any better. <laughs> there are no real children's games for 
PlayStation or well, there's probably more for Xbox, but yeah. Anyway, don't watch Transylvania. It's going to be stupid. I mean, you could try it if you want. We won't. I might. I don't know. <laughs> if it's like on before or after one of the shows I watch on CW, I, I mean, might. Let, let's let's wait for like a, a trailer or something. And see, but, sure. But it sounds bad. It does sound bad. So, Zach Galligan, star of Gremlins, was recently in London at a screening... London town! ...of Gremlins. You sound like you're from London! <laughs> um, and he was asked about the new Gremlins movie, which he says is not going to be a reboot. It will not be a remake in any way, shape, or form. Chris Columbus has come out and said that the first film is very near and dear to his heart... And as long as he is alive, it will never be remade. That could be changed. <laughs> Probably. That's what the producers are saying. So the only thing they will be and apparently are going to be doing is something along the lines of like Jurassic World, where it will be 30 years later. All of the elements from the first, at least the first Gremlins movie. What? <laughs> Why did you have to clarify that? Yeah. What, what else? The first other what? I don't recall Gremlins being in another movie. Do you? Uh... No. Okay. Uh, Chris Columbus didn't really have much to do with the second Gremlins movie, so I don't know how he feels about that. But all of the things and events that happened in the first one will be referred to. And apparently some of the characters from the first one will reappear in the new one they are planning right now. I swear on my life, I don't know if I'm in it or not, but I think there is probably a decent chance since I'm one of the few people left standing from the first movie. True. Where's Phoebe? And her boobies. What's Phoebe doing these days? She's still at Fast Times. She's still at Fast Times? She's still at Ridgemont High, if you ask me. Uh, Chris Columbus is set to co-produce with Steven Spielberg, and Carl Ellsworth is currently penning the screenplay. Ellsworth. I don't know him. Me neither. <laughs> I don't know that bitch. Well, this is good-ish. <laughs> it, it could be good. I mean, I would rather see a, a sequel than a remake. I would like to see Chris Columbus do it. What? Well, direct it? Yeah. I would like to see Joe Dante direct it. Yes, that's what I meant. <laughs> uh, he's not doing much, I don't think. I don't think so. I mean, the last thing he did was burying the X. Yeah. I mean, unless he's currently working on something, but I have no idea. Um. Yeah. Um, Carl Carl Ellsworth wrote Red Eye with the uh, Cillian Murphy. Yeah. Is wait? Do we we talked about this before? Do we decide it was Cillian or Killian? I think Cillian. I don't think we decided. I know. Okay. I think I no. I think I said I, I've heard him say Cillian. I feel like I, I've heard him say Cillian. Mm. Mm-hmm. Um. So yeah, he wrote that. He wrote the remake to Red Dawn, hmm. uh, the remake to Last House on the Left, huh. Disturbia, uh-huh. which was a remix. <laughs> it's a rear window. Let's be serious. More or less, yeah. 
Um, so yeah, I don't know. Could be cool. <laughs> you want to go hang out under the bridge? Why would I want to hang out under the bridge? I don't know. Could be cool. Uh, Joe Dante, what are you doing? Joe Dante is apparently working on several movies. Oh, well, maybe he's not, uh, not doing The anything. Man with Kaleidoscope Eyes. That sounds awful. O2, Monster Love, and Fear Paris. Hmm. Mm. So, yeah. There's that. <clears throat> um, all I know is there better not be goddamn CGI gremlins. Uh, well, there's Steven Spielberg. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I just don't know. Like what? How, how do you how do you write this movie? Does does the the old Chinese guy come back and be like, oh look, here's Gizmo, thirty years older. That guy's dead. He's all I mean, gray. Let's be real here. Gizmo's all gray. <laughs> Walking around a little t- little tiny little king. <laughs> uh, I don't know. See the the problem with. The second one was that it was basically just the first one over again. Yeah. I mean, it had some differences. It had a gremlin singing New York, New York. It did have that. And it had a a tranny and one with bat wings. Mm, Yeah, the bat wing gremlin. That was awesome. That was my favorite part. That was pretty sweet. (laughs) Um, That thing, oh man, that would be fucking terrifying. Right? He would shit all over myself. <laughs> Not just in my pants. I would shit on my person. I would fucking Swedish periscope all over. <laughs> I just it's a running gag. <laughs> it's our thing. I don't want. It, I don't want that to be our that's thing. That's not our thing. <laughs> Look for the new Swedish periscope shirts in our store. <laughs> um, I don't know. Maybe. Maybe it, it it could be good. I mean, I'll give it a chance. You got you got Columbus and Spielberg involved. They, they, it doesn't have a director, as far as I know. I mean, it, it just said Columbus and Spielberg are producing, and yeah. Ellsworth was writing. Didn't mention anything about a director, right? <coughs> and I really doubt that Columbus or Spielberg will direct it. Yeah. So who knows? I don't know. Not me. I don't know. I don't know anything. I don't know nothing about nothing. Nobody tells me nothing. <sighs> so, apparently Ridley Scott is just shitting all over the alien. It's just Swedish periscoping all over. <laughs> um, he's planning three sequels to Prometheus. Uh, I have not been shy about saying what shit Prometheus was and how I would much rather see another, another alien movie that Ridley Scott has nothing to do with. Um. Yeah, I said it. Okay, I don't care. <laughs> Whatever. You're looking at me like I give a shit. I don't want any of your shit, man. Um. 
Uh, he's saying uh, it's a very complex story. It's an evolution of what I did first with Prometheus. Uh, Prometheus 1. Okay. Is he really just going to call it Prometheus 1, 2, Apparently. 3, 4? Wasn't the new one called Alien Covenant or something like that? I don't know. Some Because yeah, it was thing. called Alien Paradise Lost. Found it. <laughs> but then they changed it to Alien Covenant or Coven or something. Something stupid. Some dumb fucking thing. Um, he says, uh, that was born out of my frustration that on Alien 1 in 1979, I only did one, as I don't do normally do sequels. I was amazed that in three that followed no... The three that followed that no one asked the question, why is the alien and who made it and why? I just kind of figured they were aliens. I mean... <laughs> I don't think people made aliens. Yeah. Maybe aliens are species, just like humans. Yeah, you stupid shit. Um, very basic questions. He says. Very uh, basic questions. What's the meaning of life? It's a very basic question. Yeah. You can answer that in like five minutes. Whatever. Uh, so I came up with the notion of Prometheus One, which starts to indicate who might have made it and where it came from. Made what? Now they're an it. I assume he's talking about the xenomorphs. Nobody and, made them. What the fuck? Well, I mean, like they were born out of creatures from Prometheus that weren't really xenomorphs. And then, you know, if you saw the end of Prometheus, there was an alien born from one of them engineers that looks like a xenomorph, sort of. Um, and so I guess he's maybe trying to start this evolution story, which is stupid. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so he says, uh, now I'm going to start the next one, which is the next evolution. Yada, yada, yada. <laughs> um... Directly connected with the first one, which was the Shaw when what? What? The Shaw when he she? Why does it say he she? I don't know who's Shaw. I don't know. I haven't seen Prometheus. Oh, you haven't? No. Oh, sorry. Oh, I don't give a shit. Spoiler I don't, alert! I don't plan on seeing. <laughs> um. Uh, yeah, when she replaced, or he or she replaced Michael Fassbender in two pieces, and we'll kind of pick it up there, and it will evolve. When that's finished, there will be another one, and then another one, blah, 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 forever and ever, till we die, uh, into the back entrance of the film in 1979. So, in other words, why was the space jockey there, and why did he have an alien inside of him? And those questions will be answered. Um... Do we need answers to those questions? I don't. Are those questions? Were those questions? Did anyone ask those questions before? I don't think so. I mean, if they did, I don't know why. Did, I mean, who needed Who needed to know? The aliens are. That's all That's all. It's important. Yeah. It, it, it's, it's, it's the same problem with, um, uh, like, the Friday the 13th series, <clears throat> the, the, the TV show. It's like. 
showing uh, a, a, a deeper evolution of Jason and like how he became who he was, you know, shit like that. It's like nobody cares. Or like the the new remake that's rumored to be like a prequel about Jason's wacky family. Yeah, was I mean, is that still in the mix? I don't fucking know. Yeah. Um. But the, that's the thing guess, about. Well, there's a, we'll talk more about Friday the Thirteenth later, so I guess we'll get into it then. Yeah. Um, I mean, the thing about horror characters and you know villains is that they're more terrifying when you don't know who they are. Like Michael Doherty said. Yeah, I was just going to say. Yeah. Uh, I mean, about how he's not going to. Exp- I mean, we talked about this on the show, but how he's not going to go into the backstory of Sam because you don't need to know. Yeah. And, like, I don't need to know where the xenomorphs came I from. I don't give a shit. Yeah. All I know is they're fucking terrifying. Yeah. And they fucking kill people with acid blood. And it sounds like Ridley Scott needs to get his head out of his own ass. That's that's the impression I'm getting here. Yeah. And, you know, he, he's like, oh, I don't usually do sequels. It's like, maybe you should have you know, kept it that way. Yeah. <laughs> because James Cameron did a thousand times better than you did. I said it. I said it. Aliens was better than Alien. Isn't that a fairly popular opinion? Is it? I thought so. I always kind of assumed that people liked Alien better. I was, from what I understand, it seems like people like Aliens have, better. Have we had this conversation before? I feel like we have. It's just very familiar. Yeah. <laughs> um. Well, whatever. Anyways, fuck Ridley Scott. Yeah. God damn it. And yeah, Alien Three sucked. Um. Uh, what else? What was it? The resurrection was that? Was after it? The one with Winona Ryder, because it was most good. I thought there was only three. This is just blowing my mind right now. <laughs> You're blowing my mind right now. Um, yeah, it, was, it had Winona Ryder. Um, had that black guy from CSI with the. Creepy green eyes. Uh, Son of Scorny Weaver was in it, obviously. Sick horny beaver. <laughs> I don't know. It's not important. No, no, it's not. None of this is important. None of this matters. You may as well just turn it off now. No, don't. Don't do that. Turn it off after we're done talking. <laughs> when it's over. <laughs> yes. They refuse to give up on the fucking crow. Despite. Um, despite like everything. The world pleading that Despite they do. them still having absolutely no star. They've had like six different people attached. Um, hashtag Keckner for crow. <laughs> uh, despite the company that owns it going bankrupt. Still. Still, they want to push forward with this thing. Um. Edward R. Pressman, the producer, says, despite Relativity's problems, quote, we're going ahead now. That's a bit of an understatement. Yeah. Relativity is putting up a good amount of money to do that. They are pulling up significant holding money. 
putting up significant holding money. They're moving ahead in a constructive and positive way, and head of relativity Ryan Kavanaugh seems totally committed to this theme. Cor- oh, good. Corin and I are discussing as we speak who to go to to play the crow. Hashtag Keckner for crow. We'll find the crow and shoot it in the first half of next year. Mm. That's pretty ambitious. It's kind of like how uh, they said they were going to release um, the Friday the 13th movie in February. Is that when it was originally supposed to come out? Uh, yeah, I think so. Okay. And we're looking at... Actually, no, I think it was November of last year. Was it that far back? I think so. Mm. And now we're looking at January 2017. <clears throat> right. Um yeah, but you know them saying that they were going to release it without having a script, uh, director, or star. <laughs> of course, I mean, you don't have to really cast for Jason. Sure, but you know they don't have cast in general. Yeah, they have no one. So, just like this, this has no one. This has no crow. This has this has nothing. This has Corin Hardy doing his damnedest to keep a job. <laughs> Basically, yeah. It's like, dude, do you not have any other projects to, to work on? Is this your, is this your, uh, is this your make or break moment right here? Right. <sighs> Some people. So man. the Crow, starring Corin Hardy, is going to be out sometime. Yeah, I said starring Corin Hardy. There, yeah. Directed by and starring Corin Hardy in an Eddie Murphy style, twelve <laughs> different characters <laughs> with. Um, with David Kickner as uh, the top dollar. top dollar. Thank you. Um, this is let me give you Kickner as the crow and Samuel L. Jackson as top dollar. This is like this is like if you're dating a girl and everything just keeps going wrong. <laughs> like you people, fight. People keep saying, "Dude, she's a fucking train wreck." You're like, "No, I'll prove you wrong." Yeah. I We're going to ch- make it. <laughs> I could change her. <laughs> I could make this work. Um, this is pretty much completely unrelated to anything, but I saw, <laughs> I saw a Facebook post. It was, it was like something that one of my friends shared from someone else. But it was these, these two girls like taking selfies in the mirror. And it was like, they said only the smart survive. We'll prove them wrong. <laughs> so that's what Corin Hardy is trying to do is prove Sweet. Prove wrong that only the smart will survive. Right. Uh, speaking of selfies, uh, I mean, won't get into it now, but I hate them so much more after the movie that we watched. So, yep, <laughs> your dog's going crazy. Yeah, we'll get into that later, though. Yes, we will. Later. Get into that later. Everybody's favorite topic, Friday the 13th, has a new writer. Is that exciting? No. (laughs) What happened to the other guy? (laughs) Did he not write it? He's just like, deuces, I'm out. He was like, wait, you don't don't have a cast? (laughs) (laughs) So you have nothing. Right? (laughs) That's why we hired you. 
<laughs> no, 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 no. Um, but, uh, yeah, it's uh, the writer of Prisoners, which was a Hugh Jackman and Frank Gillen. Not Frank Gyllenhaal. What? <laughs> Who the fuck is Frank Gyllenhaal? <laughs> it's Jake Gyllenhaal's cousin. <laughs> they couldn't get Jake. <laughs> I don't know where that came from. Uh, That's G- like before Dave Franco got really popular. I always felt that whenever he was in something, it's because they couldn't get James. It kind of seemed that way, right? <laughs> um, because they look identical. Yeah. <laughs> Except Dave Franco's a little more creepy. Let it burn. <laughs> um, <laughs> Dave Franco looks more like more like a pervert. <laughs> yeah, he kind of does. Um, anyway, so yes, Prisoner's writer Aaron <laughs> Guzikowski. Guzik. Guzik. Was he Polish? I would guess, yes. Um, is in negotiations to write. Um, so I guess he hasn't officially been hired. Hmm. Um, uh, apparently, prison- I haven't seen Prisoners of You. No. I wasn't even really familiar with it, but it's a 2013 movie. It was like really widely acclaimed. Everyone loved Frank Gyllenhaal's bold portrayal <laughs> of Jake Gyllenhaal. <laughs> <laughs> um, he's also writing the reboot of The Wolfman, which, you know, we're all looking forward to. Are, are, are we? <laughs> no. We're all looking forward at. <laughs> it is something in the future of the world. Something that, we, that will happen, whether to, we like it or us. not. It's going to happen to it's us. It's going to happen around us <laughs> in 2018. It's going to be... It's a story within a story here. Wolfman coming in 2018. That's also a story, but it didn't deserve its own news. So it's, it's a right. storyception. Yes. <laughs> storyception. Uh, also... More good news for the Friday Thirteenth movie. Uh, David Bruckner left the project, so they now have less than they did. Right? They're kind of well. They're, they're kind of they broke even. I mean, at one point they had a writer and a director. That's true. Right? Nick Nick and Costa left. Yeah, um, the Hannibal writer. Um, <laughs> it's like fuck you guys. You're going nowhere. <laughs> um. But uh, according to the rap, Platinus, Plat, Platinus, Platinus? Uh, Pl- Platinus Evergreen or Everdeen. What the fuck's your name? Okay, that um, Platinum Dunes felt that it wasn't fair to ask Bruckner to wait around. Oh, anymore? How charitable of them! <laughs> After a year and a half, while they develop another draft. Uh, while the site doesn't rule out the possibility of Bruckner eventually helming the next Jason Voorhees adventure, he's not officially attached anymore. He's he's not coming back. Yeah, I wouldn't. No, fuck that. Uh, man, when are they going to realize that this is just fucking... Just sell us doom. the rights for a dollar. Yeah, we keep saying, you know, we'll, we'll write it. We'll write it. Pro, pro rata. Pro bono. Pro bongo. Pro, pro bono, pro bongo. <laughs> uh, oh, yeah. Pro, pro rata is something else. Sorry. I work in a law firm. I hear a what, lot what do you want to do? 
Uh, the only term I can remember is pro se. <laughs> pro se is when you, you represent yourself. Yes. Pro bono is free. Pro bongo is... <laughs> pro bongo is a professional bongo player. <laughs> pro rata is like equal payments. I I don't want this to happen the way it's happening. But we, you, you may get your wish. <laughs> you may get your wish. It may never happen. Yeah. They may delay this thing into the ground. Yeah. It's just, it It makes me sad that Jason's fucking tied up in this bullshit. He didn't do anything to anyone. <laughs> <laughs> but no, th- there's the potential to make a really good Friday the 13th movie. And they're just... They're just fucking up. <laughs> they're 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 overthinking it. They're they're trying to make too much of it. Yeah, I mean they were they were on the cusp of doing that in the the O nine movie. It was a lot of people's complaints was that it was overdone, mm-hmm. which is a fair assessment. And it's you know that's kind of what you expect from Platinum Dunes. <laughs> yeah, there weren't enough explosions. I'll give them that. Um. <clears throat> In fact, there weren't any I can think of. That's so weird. Why yeah. weren't there any explosions? Is that like the only Platinum Dunes movie with no explosions? It might be. I haven't seen Ninja Turtles, but... <laughs> I have to imagine there's explosions in Ninja Turtles. Oh, there's just... probably so many explosions. It's like ooze explosions. And... Yeah, uh, I'm sure the turtles were born out of explosions. <laughs> Instead of like hatching out of eggs, they just, <laughs> they just explode. Exploded and then they were. <laughs> they came into existence. <laughs> They're born from explosions like a... Remember like, when they were going to make them aliens? Oh, God. And yes. everyone went, no, you're not doing that. <laughs> nope. <laughs> and the internet struck. <laughs> and they went, ah, just kidding. <laughs> Psych. Got you, lols. <laughs> That's right, right? Like the kids say lols. They, they, right? they still say that, I yes, think. Yes, sir, Mr. Bay. <laughs> Whatever you say, sir. <clears throat> Um, so yeah, fuck Michael Bay, fuck Platinum Dunes, hashtag fuck Michael Bay, hashtag FMB, and just fucking make the movie. Just do it. Let us write it. We'll get it done in a month. We'll write the whole fucking thing. It'll be good, and you can make it. You don't have to pay us. Just give us like free movie tickets. Well, I mean, like maybe some residuals or something. Okay, give us like, give us ten percent of the box. Ten percent. Yeah. That's a lot. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think they're going to give us that. All right. 2%. I think they should give us like half a cent for every unit. I'm trying to figure out the percentage in my head and it's not happening. Well, you figure a blue air would probably sell for about $25, so half a cent. It's not bad. Sure. Of course, they'd have to give us a percentage of the digital sales, too. Well, yeah. We need an agent. (laughs) Hey, agent, (laughs) represent us. Who the fuck are you? Who the fuck am I? Who the fuck are you? (laughs) Okay. I I represent Frank Gyllenhaal. (laughs) (laughs) You know, he's hot shit. (laughs) He was in Prisoners. (laughs) <laughs> uh, re- no, yeah, remains. Yeah, remains. Wolf Cop Two is filming 
in February of 2016, uh, produced by Cinecoop, just like the first. Uh, also, they raised $30,000 on Indiegogo in order to get a mystery celebrity guest. Okay. Uh, uh, it's Frank Jones. <laughs> Probably like David Hasselhoff or something. Probably. I know they wanted to like follow in Sharknado's footsteps. Yeah. Ving Rames. <laughs> no, whoa, don't sully the good name of Ving Rames. <laughs> uh, Leo Farford. Well, is... that's an awful name. <laughs> that's so bad. Uh, he's set to return as <laughs> Lou Guru, and Amy Malizio uh, is set to return as Tina. Uh, producer Bernie Hurt. Matisio. What'd I say? Mali- that's not an L. Oh. That's a T. Sorry. Stupid. Um, She's Tina. She's <laughs> Tina. She has a locker keys. Producer Bernie Hernando says, We're excited to get the band back together after all this time. Many of the key creatives on the original project were from Saskatchewan. We considered the initial opportunity to bring mm, a homegrown script to life, a once-in-a-lifetime experience. Now it's twice-in-a-lifetime. Hey, It's like The Rock versus Cena. Fun, fun times. <laughs> uh, Mortal Kombat 2 is, or sorry, Mortal Kombat X is releasing a new combat pack dubbed... Combat Pack 2. <laughs> Clever. Uh, it's going to feature a uh, familiar, uh, familiar character in Bo Rai Cho uh, and a Triborg character, which is actually a combination of Sector Cyrax and Robot Smoke. Also included... <laughs> also included in the Combat Pack are Leatherface. Look at me, I'm Leatherface! Uh, and a Xenomorph. Uh, a xenomorph is a Tartican-born uh, xenomorph. Actually, hatches from Baraka, uh, so he's got like the, the spears, like the arm sabers. So that's that's where the aliens come from. <laughs> they came from Baraka. <laughs> well, I mean, like there you go. I just wrote Prometheus too. Anybody that's seen pretty much all of the original three alien movies know that whatever creature the xenomorph is born from, it takes on those attributes. So, uh, support from a human, it will be uh, a biped for the most part. Uh, in Alien Three, there's one born from a dog, so it's it's more of a, a feral, dog-like creature. So in this, yeah, it, it, it's yeah, awesome. It's got giant blades. Yep, and he goes. <laughs> Kinsu. Uh, that's what Baraka does. He gets down on one knee and he fans you up in the air with his blades and he goes, Yes. He's Jimmy Durante. Michael Doherty has started writing a script for Trick or Treat 2. It's happening. Yeah. He told Bloody Disgusting Trick or Treat. He told Bloody Disgusting.com. That Trick or Treat 2 is a really rough outline at the moment. My hope is now to turn my attention back to Sam and Halloween to, yeah, fingers crossed. So, yeah, fingers crossed. I was going to say, that's not a sentence. <laughs> um, yeah, that's cool. Yeah, fucking finally. I, God, I really hope it's done next year. It better be. I want to watch it. I will find you, Thomas Toll. <laughs> uh, martyrs. 
the French film is uh, having a USC, U.S. remake. Jesus Christ. Um, Tommy Blum. <laughs> uh, being released shortly, presently. Um, not presently. No, that's not right. Yeah, presently means like right now. Yeah. <laughs> but soon, soon, very soon. Uh uh, it's getting a limited theatrical release on January 22nd, 2016. It's going to be DVD, VOD, and Blu-ray on February 2nd. Um, Story of Martyrs, a 10-year-old girl, Lucy, f- flees from the isolated warehouse where she's been held prisoner. Uh, deeply traumatized, she is plagued by an awful night terrors. Night terrors! Uh, at the orphanage that takes her in. Her only comfort comes from her friend Anna, a girl her own age, nearly a decade later and still haunted by demons. Lucy finally tracks down the family that tortured her as she and Anna move closer to the agonizing truth. They find themselves trapped in a nightmare. Trapped uh, in a nightmare! <laughs> just sounds like it should be a metal song. Uh, if they cannot escape, a martyr's fate awaits them. Oh, he said it. Um, still wondering how this is going to be. I mean, you know, uh, God damn. The original Martyrs is pretty much regarded as like one of the most violent and gory movies ever made. Yeah. So I, I wonder how that's going to translate to a U.S. movie. We've talked about this before. They better not puss it up. I, I, I'm worried that they might. Tommy, listen to me. <laughs> Don't be a pussy. Don't be a pussy. <laughs> uh, sound, sound like Titus's dad. <laughs> Stacy Keach. Yeah. <laughs> Hair-lipped freak. <laughs> uh, that's it. That's, that, all we got. that's all for that's, news. Wrap it up. That actually went a lot longer than I was expecting. That's what she said. <laughs> um. So, should we say now? Yeah. All right. So we're gonna do something either very cool or very stupid, depending on how you look at it. <laughs> like most things we do on the show. Right. Uh, after we're done recording this, we're going to go get tattoos. Uh, when we first started this show, we said, dude, we should get tattoos of the logo. And we're like, let's wait. Yeah. <laughs> let's not jump the gun here. Especially because at the time, we had our old logo. Yeah. <laughs> which was... But we're like, we have a tendency to just kind of stop doing things. <laughs> So let's say let's wait until we do like fifty episodes. Well, we originally said hundred, right? We we're like that's going to be like twenty twenty. Yeah, it's going to be a long time. <laughs> I'm not going to want to get tattoos anymore. So yeah, we changed it to fifty, and here we are. Here we are. Uh, we have a much better logo now. Yes, which makes me happy. Yeah. <laughs> um, I didn't watch just a, a fucking black. Splotch of big X. Yeah. It's like, you know, our old logo, you could tell that they were shovels for the most part. Um, but really, that that's something I threw together in Photoshop in like 20 minutes. Yeah. And we just went with it. Because <laughs> we were just getting off the ground and we had to have something. Right. It's um, better than just having like the words Grave Plot Podcast as our logo. Right. With like uh, pod on one level and cast on the next line. Yeah. <laughs> Just so it would be a square. <laughs> just so we had an icon. Um, but, uh, yeah, so this is, you know, we're just doing this to 
this is a you know what's the word hobby what? i don't know where you're going uh, the tattoos we're we're doing them as commemoration i guess maybe. yeah um and uh yeah, this is something that we've really liked, we've really enjoyed doing for the last few years, and um, you know we've had a lot of fun. So we're going to join together and, and remember it. Yeah, we uh, we're <laughs> going- trying to make this not so gay. <laughs> <laughs> we're getting matching tattoos, guys. We're going to hold hands and then jerk each other off, <laughs> but not in a gay way. <laughs> Um, anyway, <laughs> anyway, we're we're going to our friend Matt yeah. at Seventh Veil Tattoo in Tacoma, Washington. Um, you know, make sure you check him out on Instagram and Facebook. He he does awesome work. Yeah, if you're if you're in the Puget Sound area, even if I'd say if you if you're up north or down in Olympia area, I'd say it's worth the trip up or down, depending where you are, to to get some of his work done because it's amazing. I have some of it myself. Have you been tattooed by him before? Yeah. Okay. Oh, right. You're Nintendo. Yep. Yeah. Um, does amazing work. Um, and so that's going to be awesome. Anyway, um, it's too early to say right now since we haven't done it, but we might talk to him. Talk to him a little, about, a little bit about horror. We don't want to be too distracting because we don't want fucked up tattoos. Right. <laughs> um, but if we do, then we'll put that right here. If not, <laughs> let's do that was our some awkward silence. <laughs> <laughs> yep, leaving that in. <laughs> um. Anyway, uh, whether we talk to him or not, now we do reviews. Yes. <laughs> All right. So, episode fifty. We did something special and watched two movies. <laughs> Is that special? It's always special because we did it together. <laughs> but, you know, separately. In a manly way. <laughs> Not as gay or nothing. <laughs> um, so uh, which one do you start with? Uh, let's start with hashtag horror. Ever of me, my besties. What are you doing? You're not a princess. <laughs> Enjoy yourselves now while you're young. It doesn't last long. Hey guys, are you done? <laughs> oh my god, you guys! I just saw a car in the woods, and the windows are all bloody. So why did you lie, Sam? Yeah, I'm gonna 
right. So right off the bat, am I supposed to know who Tara Subkoff is? Uh, I believe that this is her first film. Okay, so why is her name like front and center? I don't know. Why is this Tara Subkoff's hashtag horror? She really wants you to know. I looked her up, and apparently she's like a like a performance artist or something. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I they, guess that kind of comes across in the movie. Yeah. Um. So yeah, this movie is about a bunch of twelve-year-old rich, sniveling Connecticut cunts. Who, They're like the worst people. They are the fucking worst people in the world. They like to fart into martini glasses and smell it. <laughs> they don't actually do that. They might as well. It's a metaphor. <laughs> um, I will say though, perfectly accurate portrayal of people from Connecticut. Oh yeah, Connecticut's the fucking worst. <laughs> um, this like, I don't, I don't want a daughter. <clears throat> I've, I've told my wife this many times. She thinks I'm partially joking, but I'm definitely not. <laughs> um, and this just like this kind of movie really cements that. Um, because if my if I had to have a daughter and they were she was anything like this, like anything like these girls, it'd be the end. Like I'd get rid of her. <laughs> like okay, orphanage. Be like okay, I'm enacting China law. <laughs> um. Anyway, uh, anyway, uh, yeah. So these girls, they're all friends, but they all treat each other like shit. Yep. And they get dressed up in fancy clothes and take pictures of themselves for some kind of internet game that's never really explained. But apparently, you post pictures, and if you get the most likes, you win or something. Is, is that what was going on? That was the impression I got. Like I said, it's never explained, and it keeps flashing on the screen like fucking House of the Dead. Yeah. You better pray to God that you're not watching this and you're also epileptic because you might die. Yeah. And there's all kinds of like little sound effects and things that pop up on the screen that make you think it's like Farmville or it's this or that or, you know, it's uh, Bejeweled and it's mm-hmm. all kinds of just weird random shit. And the credits take about four seconds. Yeah. It's like, bam, 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 this person, that person, boom, boom. Uh, and, uh, uh. Chloe Sevigny. Savini? I've always said Savini. She plays one of the girl's moms, Alex, and she is just a sniveling piece of shit, too. She's just the worst. Um, just stereotypical Connecticut rich hoity-toity bitch. And she, you know, bosses around her assistant. She's like, Molly, where's my phone? And then she finds it in her pocket, and she's like, ooh, Finds it under a big fat ass. Yeah. And her husband, uh, played by Balthazar Getty, his name is Harry Cox. (laughs) He's in the movie for like five seconds. Yeah, he really is. I don't even know why he's in it. Why would he agree to be in this movie for five seconds? I don't know. Maybe they gave him a nice paycheck for a day's work. I guess. Um, So yeah, there's no fucking point to this movie whatsoever. Uh, Just a bunch of sniveling whiny 12 year old girls bitching at each other until one of them crosses the line one of them goes too far by telling the chubby one that she should kill herself yeah so they kick her out of the house and uh then you find out that harry cox is dead which is not really a spoiler because it happens in the first five seconds of the movie Mm -hmm. uh 
And then the last, I don't know, half hour maybe is trying to figure out who, who is killing people. Yeah. I mean, this is kind of a murder mystery, but it, like you said, like the last half hour, 20 minutes, that's the only time they actually spend on trying to figure out who is killing people. Yeah. The yeah. other two thirds of the movie are just, I guess, understanding how awful these girls are and the whole time wondering, when is someone going to kill them? Yeah. And I don't know. I just don't care about anyone. (laughs) (laughs) The whole time I'm watching this, I'm like, when is this going to end? Yeah. Like I, it's, it's not a long movie either. No, it's, it's around 90 minutes. Yeah. Um, but like the trailer and stuff leads it to, leads you to believe that this is going to be a much more like straight up horror slasher movie. But really, until the last third of the movie, it's not. There's nothing that happens. And you get these girls, you know, talking about, uh, you know, how much they hate their mothers. And one of them says, you know, oh, I've had sex before. And then they say, oh, no, you're a fucking liar. And you're fat. You're ugly. Let's take pictures of each other. Ha, ha, ha. You're poor. And it's like, what the fuck is the point of this? And like I said, it's like they'll take a picture and then this frame will show up on the on the screen and there's so much going on. Yeah. There's all these logos all over it and everything and it'll show, you know, hashtag besties or whatever. Mm-hmm. And then at points there's a hashtag that appears and there's a knife that cuts it or something. And I, I don't know anything that happened. I don't understand. Yeah. And like... And at least the first third, if not the whole movie, is way too damn artsy for its own good. Oh, God, yes. It's like there's the part that sticks out the most is there's a part where she walks down the stairs. And as she's walking down the stairs, the camera, like, twists. So it's upside down by the time she gets to the bottom of the stairs. It's like, what the fuck was the point of that? <laughs> um, you know, before all the weird, like, social media game shit started happening before that was became very prominent like the camera work and the way the shots were um set up and stuff it reminded me a lot of um american psycho i could see that yeah um but yeah it just it kind of fell apart from there um like i said i, I didn't care about any of these people like especially the little girls i mean they're just the worst yeah like i don't know if the point of the first two acts being entirely character development was to get us to empathize with them or what but i you can't empathize with these people they're fucking terrible people yeah um like even even the girl who's she's kind of what you might call the main character I don't even know which one you're talking about. The the, the poor one, Sam. I, I don't remember the I, one that got kicked out. She she was or the one that the girl who got kicked out invited. Oh, the one that she invited. That's Sam. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Natasha Leone is her mom. Okay. Yeah, Sam. Yeah. Oh, uh, the, the chick from American Pie. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that's Sam. Um. I feel like maybe she's the one that you're supposed to empathize with, but even she's a, a bitch. Well, she's like 
trying so hard to be part of this group. Yeah. She's like the the newest one. Like we said, one of the girls invited her, and before she even gets there, they're you know being catty about her, and they're like, mm-hmm. "Why would she even invite her? She's so dumb." Yeah, she's poor and she smells like her. She has bad breath. And she has bad breath because she eats pizza. Um. Uh, you know, I, I have to th- assume that this movie is supposed to be like some kind of commentary on cyberbullying or yeah, just bullying in general. That's definitely the impression I got. And but it's so heavy handed. Yeah. And, and it doesn't really it doesn't really make the point that it's trying to make. Well, what's so annoying about this movie is that it goes on for an hour where you don't understand what's going on. And yet, there's still nothing going on. It's mm-hmm. like you have all this time to try and explain what's going on, and you don't do it. You use it to do other things. Yeah, yeah. I'm I'm, I'm waiting through the, almost the entire movie. Like the, the title is hashtag horror, which is a fucking awful name. Don't put hashtag in your title ever. I mean, I get it. It's with the whole social media thing, but I'm doing a jack off motion right now. Right. <laughs> Um, Hashtag jack off motion. Yeah. Um, but that's such, I mean, like you, you've kind of insinuated, it's such a misleading title. There's very little that has anything to do with horror in this. Yeah. I mean, the best that you could eke out of it is it's like a thriller. Like you kind of get the slasher element in the last act. To, an, to a degree. To a degree, yeah. It's definitely not, you know, a freddie or jason style um you know even then it's still kind of arty but they never explain what this game is at at times it seems like it's a game at times it seems it's just like a social thing at times it seems like it's just a like a filter or something so you never really know what this thing that keeps popping up on the screen like it's supposed to be a huge prominent part of the story you have no idea what the fuck it is throughout the entire thing yeah and there's like characters, characters get brought up that never get explained. Um, like I, it would be a spoiler for me to say, but I think I understood it, but it's me trying to connect the dots and not having them actually talk about it. Yeah. It's not even to the point where it's like, you know, it's artistic. It's just leaving things out. Yeah. And me trying to draw conclusions. Mm hmm. Um, and I feel like a lot of this movie, like these characters are supposed to be keeping certain secrets, but I mean, they're not very good secrets, especially, you know, like the kind of the big reveal at the end. Yeah. It's kind of bullshit because you already know. It was pretty obvious. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, like it's one of those things where you like, like insinuate it. Throughout the movie, and it's like trying to make you think, oh, well, you know, you know, we're, we're we're trying to make it look like this is what what's going on, but it's really not. But it it, it was. I mean, yeah, it's kind of that uh, the, the thing we talked about with with Marcus Nispel, how he kind of leads you to think one way to to make it seem like it's going to be something different, and then it ends up being the thing you thought it was, right? Which is actually a surprise, yeah. And then you had the scenes with Cat's dad, mm-hmm. um, Timothy who, Hutton. There you go. Who, like, 
all his scenes are so over the top. Yeah. He's he's a good actor, but he was really overdoing it. Like there's there's a part where the girls have they they each have a drink and it's, you know, like less than a finger of vodka and cranberry juice. Yeah. And he comes in and he's like, "You're drunk. You're all drunk." And he starts like grabbing their faces and sniffing their breath and mm-hmm. it's like, "Dude, come on. <laughs> Just bring it down a notch." Yeah. And you know, a, a good actor will do what their director tells them to do, and the fact that I know he's a good actor, uh, but he was just so over the top in this one, mm-hmm. it makes me think that the, the director was telling him to be be so big, you know. Yeah, it was just it was not suited to this movie. Yeah. Yeah, there's, you know, like with with the big reveal, thinking back, I actually hadn't thought about it while watching it, but thinking back, there's a lot of things that really show you what it's going to be, that really telegraph the reveal. Yeah. Like I said before, there's no surprises, really. I mean, unless you're fucking dense, but... (laughs) I mean, there, there is one point where it tries to steer you another way. Yeah. But it's really not that convincing. Yeah. Um... I don't know. It was just not not good. I just there's there's a character development that doesn't really lead itself anywhere. Yeah, I mean, like that. That's a that's, that's a complaint I feel like I've been making a lot lately. It's just too much character development, and to say that this had too much character development would be inaccurate. I think. I think that it tried to spend too much time on on character development, but <clears throat> at a certain point it stalled, and the whole movie was just stagnant. It like, wasn't going anywhere. Mm-hmm. Like Nothing was being added to like what we know about these characters. Nothing was being added to the plot. So it's just, it, it's just these people existing, and like, you know... I'm I'm a person in the real world. I exist in the world, and to film myself for a day would not be interesting. Right? It's it's like those websites where girls film themselves twenty four hours a day, and it's like, you know, you watch it like Girl House. Remember that movie, Girl House? It, <laughs> yeah, it's like that. And but like you watch it, hoping to see him like rubbing one out or something. But you know, in the middle of the day, she's just cooking lunch, and you don't give a shit. Yeah. It's kind of like that, yeah. <laughs> uh, except, you know, these are little girls. Right. <laughs> Obviously, I don't want to see these little <laughs> girls rubbing one out. I want to clarify that right now. <laughs> and that was another thing. I don't give a shit about little girls or what they think is cool or what they do during the day or how their relationships play out. Like, conceptually, why was this a thing? I mean, does does anybody really care about the the daily ongoings of a child? No, especially a spoiled rich child like yeah. this. It's like spending their day trying on their mom's jewelry. I, I don't fucking care. Yeah. So I mean, that's why. I mean, like the second I turned this on and I realized, I mean, you know, while opening credits are running and you know they're starting to introduce characters and stuff, I'm kind of reading through. 
you know, synopsis about it and the cast and stuff. I was realizing, yeah, it's, it's all a bunch of little girls. It's like, fuck. I, don't, I, don't, I already don't want to watch this. Yeah, this was not not what I expected. Um, I don't know. I think, you know, the the subject of cyberbullying is, is ripe for a, a horror, you know. It's uh, been done. It's called Unfriended. Well, I never saw that. Neither did I, but that's what it's about. Is it? More or less. Oh, I didn't know that. Oh, yeah. Well, anyways, this missed the mark. Yeah. Like you said, the the whole like message is so heavy handed, but at the same time, it's so off base that you don't even really get it. Yeah. It's like, I get that they're talking about cyberbullying, but I don't really get the message. Right. Yeah. It's, it's, it, you know, they're aiming for a target and they completely missed it. Uh, yeah. It just, it, it didn't hit home the way I'm sure they were intending. <laughs> I mean, I, I could see where they were trying to go with it, but they just, they didn't execute it the way that it, it needed to be done. Um, uh, I mean, you know, for starters, it's like, like I said before, I don't give a shit about these little girls. I don't, I don't care who they are as people. Um, you know, if you, if you want to be more effectual, put them in high school, you know, um, well, and make them, make them like more average. Yeah. That more people can relate to and make them likable. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you got to have at least one sympathetic character and there just wasn't a single one in this entire movie. There were times when it would uh, tr- try to make you feel sympathy for them mm-hmm. um, for, you know, for certain characters at, at certain points. But it's like you, you hearken back to how fucking awful and shitty that person was previously in the movie and you just don't care. Yeah. It's like, well, yeah, that's what you fucking get. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. And it's like, I don't, I don't believe in cyber, cyberbullying. Not, not that I don't believe it exists. I'm well aware that it exists. Um, you don't advocate it. Yes. Um, I mean, you and I, we come from a time when that wasn't really a thing. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, you know, now if you say something on Facebook, you get flamed for it. It doesn't really matter what it was. If you <laughs> if you express an opinion, somebody's going to give you shit for it. But when we, you and I were in high school or, you know, junior high or even elementary school, bullying was done in person. <laughs> right. Uh, and, you know, the, the comparison between cyberbullying and what we experienced was like passing notes about someone, you know. And talking shit about them or talking shit behind their back. That was what we experienced. And I know that cyberbullying is an issue. And maybe what this movie was trying to show is where cyberbullying starts. Trying to show it at a, at a different age. That it doesn't just affect teenagers. It affects, you know, preteens and children as well. It was just done in such a way that I don't, I don't, I didn't didn't care. Um, Like it it would, I think the core problem of that was just having so many unsympathetic assholes as your characters. Well, not only that, but like a lot of the bullying in this movie is done in person. Yeah. You know, it's like I said, they're this group of friends, but they all are just absolutely terrible to each other. Mm Mm-hmm. 
but for whatever reason, you know, they'll, you know, they'll take a picture of one of them and then they'll hashtag fat, ugly whore. Mm -hmm. And I guess that's, that's the extent of the, the cyber part of it. But then they also will say it to their face. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. This is just not a... I mean, I, I, I don't think I'll go as, as far as to say as it wasn't planned out well. I mean, I feel like maybe they did what they intended to do. Yeah, I think the movie was executed well. I just think that the story was lacking. Yeah. Um, I mean, I personally don't think it was executed well i mean the, the the plot was delivered poorly um there were there were just so many things wrong with this i mean technically plot wise um just that's not the execution though execution is like the uh you know cinematography and the acting and, and we're, i mean were those things done well I thought so. Okay. It looked good. The acting had issues at point. Like we talked about, what'd you say his name? Tom, Thomas Hutton? Timothy. Timothy Hutton, you know, was, was over the top. Um, you know, and then 12 year old girls are, you know, young kids are always not going to be the greatest actors because right. they're not, they haven't been alive long enough to be seasoned actors. Yeah. Um, I'll, I'll give credit where credit's due. There were a couple of them. Um, the, the blonde girl. I can't remember what her character's name was. Sophia. Um, and uh, I, I did think for their age, they I thought they did a good job. Sure. Um, but, uh, I mean, you know, you're talking about the things like the, the camera turning upside down. It's like, why? Yeah. Um, and like I, mean, I said, just, just artsy just for the sake of being artsy. Yeah. Just, it's like just... Make the movie. Yeah. I, like that, that can be cool if it's adding something, if it's, you know, telling a part of a story. But, like, she was walking downstairs. Yeah. It wasn't a moment that warranted that. And when you name a movie hashtag horror, you're immediately marketing to horror fans. Right. And aside from the fact that this movie... Barely qualifies as horror. Um, it, it, it's so misleading, and the fact that it was made in such an artsy way—it's like, what do do real horror fans want an artsy movie? I mean, I know we don't, but I mean, are there any real horror fans that you know that live horror? I mean. There, there, there probably aren't as many people in the world like us that you know we fucking bleed horror. Um, that maybe the the artistic notion of it doesn't affect them as much. I mean, I, I think that it, that's it is more towards the people who just kind of like the outlying horror movies, you know, like the the David Lynch movies and you know things like Hellions. There's definitely a, a crowd that those cater to, yeah. And I think this probably is somewhere in that spectrum. That, that that's fair. Then that that could be. 
Um, I just, I, I'm, I'm most upset that this movie was so not horror. Yeah. And yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. It's, you know, like I said, the only part that's really horror is that, that last 25 to 30 minutes. And it's, it, it's not enough to pick up the rest of the movie. Yeah. And then you got the side story with uh, Chloe Savini and her husband fucking around with other people. And it's like, this doesn't add anything. Right. And then, like, what was with the, the breathing egg face? That was, yeah, that's something actually I almost forgot to mention or to, to talk about is there was, like, more of this artistic shit going on in the background. There, Yeah, there was, like, a, like a hard-boiled egg cut in half. It was like a, a a painting or a picture, yeah. Up, you know, up on a canvas on the wall. And yeah, like the the yolk was like undulating. <laughs> yeah, it looked like it was breathing, but it was never explained. No, um, there was there was other things like that. I mean, you kind of have a have to have a quick eye to catch them. Like there was like a like a mannequin uh, at one point who's like the eyes were opening and closing. I didn't even notice that. Yeah, it, it happened real quick, and I if I, I think maybe if I was more engaged in the movie, I probably wouldn't have noticed. I think it was only because I was paying more attention to the background in the in the movie than the actual movie than the Other actual like goings a, on. There was a table full of masks that looked mm-hmm. like they had faces printed on them. Yeah, and so they were like really weird looking. They were weird looking, and at one point the girls wear them and have a dance party. Right. It's like, what the fuck is the point? What is going on? Why do I care about this? Yeah. I don't know. Anyway. Uh, and then the very end of the movie is just stupid. Yeah. It just, it's one of those movies where it ends and you're just like, oh, oh, okay. I guess that's the end. Yeah. When it was done, I was just like, thank God I can turn <laughs> this off. It was, it was work. To watch this, it was not good. So, so what do you got for a number then? Uh, two. Yeah, I'm right there with you. <laughs> All right. So, hashtag horror. You know, if you're into weird arty shit, then maybe you'll like it. But watch at your own peril. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't promise anything. Yeah. <clears throat> um, next up is a movie that just came out. Uh, you know, we were more committed to, you know, low-budget indie movies, but sometimes we, we get a big-budget one in there. Um, based on the novel Frankenstein, we have Victor Frankenstein. It is a time of innovation and progress when the world's greatest minds push the limits of what's possible and delve deep into the unthinkable. My friend, Victor Frankenstein, is one such man. I dream of a world where hope replaces fear. Where a crippled man can be healed to walk again. What if we could give every life the chance it deserved? Igor, help me change the world. There is a difference between using a machine to restore a life to create something that was never supposed to exist. 
alive. I find your work astonishing. Could you create another one? I could, and a whole lot more. Be careful, Mr. Frankenstein. Life is a sacred creation. I have a dream of an unkillable army of one million strong. Victor, you promised me this was all about life. It's about so much more. So, Victor Frankenstein, um, 2015 movie, uh, directed by Paul McGuigan. McGuigan? 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 That might might be it. McGuigan? McGuigan? He's Scottish. I don't know how to do that. I don't know how to do Scottish names. (laughs) Even though mine's Scottish. (laughs) Um, Yours is G. (laughs) Well, it used to be McGee. Scottish. Okay, yeah. Um. Yeah, he looks like he's mostly you know has mostly been a TV director. Um, he did a few episodes of Sherlock, um, Scandal. Um, he also he directed Lucky Number Eleven and Wicker Park, which are two Josh Hartnett movies, but pretty. But we, we won't hold that against him. <laughs> um, starring James McAvoy and Daniel Radcliffe, um, uh, it's it's a you know pretty straightforward story. I mean, it's a, it's a story of uh, Igor, told mostly from his perspective, um, how he meets Victor Frankenstein and uh, you know the relationship that they build, and ultimately. The, the creation of new life. Um, and uh, it, it, it's it's an interesting story because, you know, Igor is not in the novel. Uh, At all? No. Oh, I did not know that. Yeah. And Igor was a creation um, for the uh, 1933 Frankenstein. Um, and... Uh, and even even in that, he wasn't called Igor; he was called Fritz. But you know, the the, the basic the, the hunchback character. Uh, and I think Igor was just kind of more of a a generalized character for you know mad scientist movies and, and you know just that kind of generic lab assistant. Hmm. Um. So to you know incorporate Igor into this you know, the story of Frankenstein, and this is. Kind of a prequel, I'd say. I would agree. Um, it starts out with Igor uh, as a circus clown. Um, he's actually very well, you know, spoken um, for somebody who was um, literally raised in the circus, um, a hunchback, um, you know, you know, squat. And you know, hunched over, and um, he is uh, a circus clown by night. Basically, he's the clown that is beat up by other clowns. 
<laughs> he's kind of the other clown's bitch and like basically the entire circus's bitch. Um, he doesn't have a name at that time. He 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 is nameless. Like he's he's not like his name is the hunchback. Yeah, I mean he he's not like Clint Eastwood, the man with no name. He's he literally has no name. <laughs> um, and one night uh, he encounters Victor Frankenstein at the circus, who was apparently there because he has a deal to take dead animals from the circus and use them for purposes for science <laughs> science technology um and igor is infatuated with uh this um ac- uh, acrobat uh El- eleanor i believe her name was lorelei lorelei how could you forget like lorelei gilmore <laughs> what like lorelei gilmore oh <laughs> um she she takes a tumble from the trapeze, um, and something that is surprising to I think not only Victor but the audience is that um, Igor is actually a, a self taught kind of medical genius in a way. Yeah, um, he 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 habitually reads medical texts. Um, he draws his own diagrams, basically charting the entire human body from from bones to muscle to organs and, and skin. Um, and he's very adept just in, in medicine in general. Um, and, you know, Victor says, you know, there's because she's got a broken collarbone, which leads into a cool effect throughout the movie, I thought. Um, is that you know in a lot of movies if you want to if they're going to show you a broken bone inside of somebody they kind of do like a like a CGI like internal view or they do some kind of like X-ray view and this it was hand drawn medical diagrams placed on the body and I thought that was cool to kind of also really reflect the the, the time. Um, instead of showing something like an X-ray or an internal view, it shows the way that it would been would have been hand drawn in a medical text. I thought that was cool. Yeah, I thought it was a little cheesy. Really? Yeah. Oh, I liked it. Um, and uh, yeah, Victor says, uh, you know, I don't. I don't I don't know how to, I don't have the tools to fix this because she's got a broken collarbone and a dislocated shoulder or something. Um, and Igor basically uh, MacGyver's the shit out of that and uses Frankenstein's pocket watch to reset the collarbone. Um, it's at that point that Frankenstein realizes that he needs him. I mean, we as the audience know why Igor doesn't. <laughs> um, and uh, breaks him out of his cage from the circus and basically takes him on as his assistant. Um, you find out that while Victor is kind of like the the brains uh, of the operation, um, Igor is kind of like the talent. Yeah, well, like Igor does all the body stuff mm-hmm. and Victor does all the m- machinery. Yeah. Um, and actually, you know, creates, like, assembles these being these creatures. 
um, he's he, how how Victor comes to discover this is he shows Igor, who is now named Igor. Backtracking now, he, he's. You may have noticed in like you know posters and trailers and stuff, Igor's walking erect. And I don't know if you think this is a, a spoiler. Should I say this? Yeah, it's just kind of part of the story. Might as well. Basically, he, just by looking at him, Frankenstein knows that Igor's not actually a hunchback. He's got a giant fucking abscess that's about twenty years old growing on his back. Um, and I think maybe just having that on his back has caused him to kind of like crouch and not really walk upright. Um, so. <laughs> He attacks him, uh, puts like a big-ass syringe in his back and sucks out all this greenish-yellow fluid. With his mouth. Yeah. And it's like, you know how you see in movies like people siphoning gas out of somebody's car? It's kind of the same thing. He sucks the (laughs) pus out of the shit Uh. and spits it off the ground. Uh. It's like... (laughs) Like there's no amount of mouthwash. That gets rid of that. Yeah. Um, and then he just slams him up against the post and puts a back brace on him. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, and, you know, that in effect corrects his posture and, you know, he, he starts walking like a normal person. Um, and uh, anyway, he, he names him Igor basically because he has a roommate named, named Igor. Um, who's never there. And so he says, if anybody asks who you are, just tell them that you're Igor. Um, Frankenstein shows him his kind of first creation, really, uh, a pair of reanimated eyes Mm -hmm. that are in a, some kind of jelly that he created that conducts electricity. It is not Mung. It's not Mung. <laughs> That's the important thing here. <laughs> um, and he starts up a generator. It shocks it full of energy. And he uses um, what he calls uh, the Prometheus fork. Lazarus. Lazarus fork. Um, and uh, it basically just looks like a contraption of metal. I mean, it doesn't look like there's really... It doesn't just, look like a fork at all. No. It, it just kind of looks like a a metal thing that conducts electricity. It kind of looks like one of those things where they measure people's heads. Yeah, a little bit. So he shocks these eyes to life and holds a match up to them and they kind of like, you know, dilate squint, and squint. Yeah. And that's when Victor realizes that Igor has some like real know-how and talent because he says, you know, you... You, you you fucked up the the nerves in it, and that's why they're not you know working evenly. And so that's when Victor realizes, okay, well you're gonna do this. I said you fucked up the nerves. Yeah, I thought you said the nose. No, and I was like, there's no nose. Stupid. Yeah, he messed it up. It's not there. Yeah. <laughs> um. So he starts bringing. Igor, these parts like lungs and a heart and different organs, and it looks like a piece of a face at one point. <laughs> um, 
and they start assembling this this first creature, which is mostly baboon. Yeah. But part dog. What was his name? Or no, most part chimpanzee, not baboon. Uh, Gordon? Gordon. Yeah, <laughs> same Gordon. Um, and, uh, yeah, and basically this leads up to the creation of Frankenstein's monster. Um, Who they dubbed Prometheus. Right, and that's actually something I liked because... That's from the book, right? Yeah, that was the alternate title for Frankenstein. Mm-hmm. It was Frankenstein... Or the modern Prometheus. And they actually say he'll be the modern Prometheus. So I thought that was kind of cool. Um, another part is when they first start cr- like drafting. They're basically like writing in chalk or paint or something on the ground of this, this man that they're going to build. Um, and uh, he says, and now he needs a flat head. He's, and he goes like, well, they're both just fucking trashed. Um, he says, why a flathead? And he says, because I like it. <laughs> yeah, like w- the beginning of that scene, and uh, I don't remember what Igor says first, but Victor's like, no. And then he's like, whiskey. He's like, yes. <laughs> and then there's there's also a line where he says, uh, no one remembers the man. Everyone remembers the monster. Yeah. I thought that was, I, like it took me a second. I was just like, ha. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> Because everyone calls the monster Frankenstein. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, there, there was a lot of little kind of homages to the to the the original story itself in this. Um, I mean, it, plot wise, I guess you know, like, like what happens directly in the movie. That's pretty much all I'll say. I don't want to give too much of it away, but sure. Um, yeah. Would you, Would you think? I did not particularly care for it. Really? Really. Oh. Uh, to me, this movie is not about them making the monster. It's just kind of about them. Yeah. And I don't think they're that interesting. <laughs> All right. <laughs> um, I, uh, I'll start off by saying I do not consider this a horror movie. No. And I kind of knew that going in, but I figured we would be remiss not to talk about a new Frankenstein movie, even though we didn't do I Frankenstein, but that was <laughs> that was done on purpose. <laughs> um, and but, just so everyone is, is aware, this movie is not in the Universal Universe reboot. No, this we is a team up. <laughs> this is a Fox movie. Yeah. Um, and... Uh, which was interesting because I could have sworn that Universal had the rights to Frankenstein. Um, but Isn't it fair use at this point? I I, I don't know. I mean, maybe. Um, but yes, this, this like I said, this is not really a horror. Um, there are definitely elements of the book in it, um, but this is told from. A very different perspective, um, and take some liberties with the story itself. Yeah. Um, I mean, the 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 book itself. If if you want a good representation of the book, um, you you want to watch Mary Shelley's Frankenstein, um, with uh, Kenneth Branagh and Robert De Niro. 
um, or just read the book itself. Um, that, that, but, but that one has naked Robert De Niro moan wrestling. <laughs> Uh, Please go listen to our review of that because that is one of my favorites. <laughs> yeah, that's what that's one. That's the first Octoberama. Yeah, it was 2014 Octoberama. Um, <laughs> anyway, yes, there's no mung wrestling in this. <laughs> thank God. Um, but yeah, I mean the, the 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 book and that movie actually follows. Frankenstein from a young man, you know, actually going through medical school, which is around the time this takes place, because Frankenstein is actually a medical student in this movie, um, and of course, then you know the inclusion of Igor, who's not a real character, um, but I thought it was an interesting take, um, and I, I liked the feel of the movie. It reminded me a lot of a uh, Sherlock Holmes. I could see that. Yeah, with you. Know, I mean, time period aside, um, it, uh, it it just had that that kind of um, Guy Ritchie feel to it a little bit. Um, and uh, I I really liked James McAvoy's portrayal of Victor Frankenstein. I thought it was interesting because you always see, um, you know, um, I can't shit. I can't remember what the actor's name was in the in the '30s version, um, or you know, there's Kenneth Branagh, who's they're really conveyed as kind of like these brooding scientists. The one in the '30s, he was definitely just he was definitely played like the mad scientist. Oh yeah, yeah. In Mary Shelley's Frankenstein, Kenneth, Bran- Kenneth Branagh, he played it more of kind of like a sympathetic guy who didn't really comprehend what he was doing um, and later you know, came to regret it, which, again, was very accurate to the book. Mm-hmm. This was um, almost in between, but James McAvoy played him very eccentric. Yes. <laughs> he was zany and especially the part of the party yeah when he gets and i was just like is he drunk yeah well yeah i think he, that's what he's playing as he's supposed to be drunk okay um and he, he i think he's just raving about uh i think what i inferred was test tube babies yeah that was the the impression i got yeah um and uh when he's just like sperm <laughs> Um, and like I said, he's very eccentric and he's very loud and, and, and big, uh, like a big personality. Um, and also, but also has that mad scientist thing about him. He, he seems a little crazed at yeah. times. Um, but you know, at the same time, you know, as, as you have to think of Frankenstein is a, a genius too. Um, and he, while he's kind of like, almost like the comic relief, Igor is kind of like the straight man. Yeah, he he, he plays it pretty pretty straight laced. There's not a lot of comedy coming from the Igor character, and um, you know I gotta say that I want nothing to do with the Harry Potter movies. I think they're stupid, <laughs> but as 
uh, Daniel Radcliffe is, you know, become you know grown into a man and you know taking on other roles. I'm starting to respect him a little more as as an actor. I don't have a problem with him. Yeah, I mean, I fucking hated Women in Black. I think that was probably his first major role after the Harry Potter movies. But uh, I, I dug him in Horns. Yeah, and, and and I liked him in this. Um. So, yeah, I mean, so you, you said you didn't really like it. Did you want to clarify that a little bit? Well, like I said, my, my biggest thing is that I don't think these characters are particularly interesting. So, therefore, there's not a whole lot in the story that really appeals to me. I don't care about this love affair between Lorelai and Igor. That was a bit much. There's also, like... A bunch of things in here that felt like they were changing them just for the sake of changing them, like having Igor be able to walk upright and have him having, you know, his flatmate's name. It just seemed kind of shoehorned in and there didn't really serve a purpose. Okay. Um, the, the part where they finally bring Prometheus to life, James McAvoy is really over the top at that point. But like you said, it is that mad scientist kind of thing where you, you kind of have to play that, that big. Um, so like it's, it's overacting, but it's understandable overacting. If that makes sense. Sure. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I didn't, I didn't hate it by any means. I just, I wasn't that engaged in it. I didn't find the story that interesting. Okay. Yeah. I, I, Accept your response. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I I don't particularly agree. I mean, I I felt it was. I, I thought the story was pretty interesting. Um, I, I mean, I'll reiterate: it's definitely not horror, which you know kind of makes it unsuited for the show. But it's kind know. of like like to me, it was like watching a prequel to like Fargo, where you're just <laughs> watching William H Macy selling cars. It's like I don't fucking care. Wasn't the TV show a prequel to Fargo? I haven't watched the TV show, so I don't know. Me neither. I've, I've heard that it is a prequel, though. But is but is it about William H Macy? No. <laughs> okay, it's like watching a prequel to Fargo that's all about William H Macy's character <laughs> when he's still happy with his wife and it's selling cars. <laughs> okay, and it's like what this is nothing. <laughs> um, and like at one point he crosses paths with Steve Buscemi, and you're like, oh, uh, but then there's nothing. <laughs> Yeah, and the the weird thing about this was that you don't really know that it's a prequel until the end of the movie, really. Yeah, I mean, I mean you, you kind of think it might be. You kind of get that feeling, but I, for me at least, I didn't really put much thought into it at the time until the end, when it it basically implies that it that it's a, a precursor to more. Um, also, um, mm, never mind. I was, I wanted to talk about the ending, but I guess I, it was spoilers kind of, mm. I mean, obviously everyone knows the story of Frank slam, but there's part of the end that's different than the story that everyone knows. Yeah. This is basically like entirely different than the, than the book. Yeah. Or, you know, even the, um, God, who directed, is it Martin Scorsese? Mary Shelley's Frankenstein? Yeah. Uh, yeah, I think so. Okay. I keep wanting to say Francis Ford Coppola, but that was uh, uh, Dracula. Um, but, uh, yeah, this is the the 
this whole story, really, I mean, the ending especially, is drastically different than the book, which you know basically cements it as a prequel. It takes a lot of liberties with with the story itself, which I am usually not okay with. I I am of the mindset you shouldn't fuck with cla- classic literature. Mm-hmm. Just you know, the story's there for you. It's perfect the way it is. Don't fuck with it. Right. But in that, this was kind of like a different story. Kind of, you know, it rewrites the the book a little, sure. But this is essentially a different story from the book. It's almost, you can almost consider this a different Frankenstein. Yeah, I can see that. So, um, yeah. But uh, I, I, I feel like the, the whole reason that they made Igor walk upright is because it was Daniel Radcliffe. That could be. Um, if they had cast like Frank Gyllenhaal, <laughs> <laughs> then he would have just stayed a hump, hunchback the whole movie. It could be. Um, yeah, and I, I find it funny that Igor in every other story, he's always been not only a hunchback, but you know, very deformed and kind of you know, half. Conscious, basically, right. <laughs> master. Yeah, basically, basically like a fucking you know mongoloid. Um, but in this, yeah, because it was Daniel Radcliffe, you know, I, I I thought it was pretty odd and kind of unsuited that Igor. I okay, I'll accept that maybe yeah he wasn't a real hunchback, but you know Igor is like really you know really handsome and yeah. you know really well you know built in you know. Really trying not to dig myself a hole here, <laughs> but the fact that Igor, who was always represented does, as this, does your wife find Daniel Radcliffe attractive? Wife, wife, are you in the bathroom? Well, yeah, I was going to pee. What do you want? Uh, do you find Daniel Radcliffe attractive? No, really. Because he's just a little hairy Oh, okay. Now the long bottom. Igor. Okay. All right. Okay, so she doesn't find him attractive. Okay. But, but she's probably one of the biggest Harry Potter fans I've ever met. Because, well, like, I asked my girlfriend last night. I was like, Does, "Is like, has Daniel Radcliffe, is he an attractive guy now? Because, you know, there are guys that I can be like, yeah, I can see how girls find him attractive. Bradley Cooper. But, like, Daniel Radcliffe. I might just... fuck Bradley Cooper. <laughs> That's my dad and Pierce Brosnan. <laughs> um, but, like, I, I just don't see it. But I know that there are women that find him really attractive. So sure. I asked I asked her, I was like, you know, do, do you find him attractive? She's like, he's fine. <laughs> like, he's, you know, he's he's a good looking guy, but he's not like, oh my God. I think like, especially your, your girlfriend's a Harry Potter fan too, yeah. right? Yeah. I think for people like her and, and my wife. <laughs> it's like watching your cousins grow up. My wife. <laughs> yeah, kind of. Yeah. It's like you always see them as that little kid. Yeah. Um, and, uh. But no, I, I see. I, the, the, for me, no. See, like I watched Abigail Breslin grow up, and I still hit it. Because <laughs> you're a creepy old man. <laughs> hey, fuck off. Um, uh, but no, I mean, like I am comfortable enough with my sexuality to know that to know when a, when a man is attractive. Sure. Um, and I think that 
Daniel Radcliffe is a good-looking guy. I thought you were going to go off on a Bradley Cooper tangent there. They're going to be like, I can admit Don't. when a man is attractive, and I think Bradley Cooper is an attractive man. <laughs> I think I want to make love to Bradley Cooper. <laughs> <laughs> but no, B-Coops, call me. <laughs> um, anyway, so the you fact... You had him until you called him B-Coops. He hates that. <laughs> um, the fact that Igor is always represented as this misshapen freak basically to make him this uh, attractive young guy and then put him in a love story yeah and then that that seemed a little silly to me um and and like you said the whole love story element of that i really could have done without that i'm mm-hmm. not interested yeah um maybe if it was a little more tragic <clears throat> then it may have been of more interest um but yeah so I guess overall, I, I think I, I liked most of this, um, and I'll, I'll reiterate again just for posterity that this is definitely not a horror, so it's not something that we would typically review on the show, but for what it was, which was more of, um, I, w- I don't know if they call it an action movie, there were action scenes which seemed a little out of place. Yeah. Um, it was kind of an ad- adventure movie. I would just mostly say it's a drama for the most part. It was, but it wasn't terribly dramatic. <laughs> <laughs> so it was just a movie. <laughs> it's just something that exists in the world. Um, so overall, I I enjoyed it. Wouldn't qualify it as a horror Um and, you know, typically I would maybe rate it differently based on that. But I already knew, so I, I won't fault it for that. Um, anyway. Uh, do you have any final thoughts? Uh, I don't think so. I think I've said everything that I want to say other than some things that might be spoilers, so I can't say them. <laughs> okay. Uh, well, what's your rating then? Uh, I, I'm going to give it a four. Okay. Well, um, as was indicated throughout our entire review, I th- think I enjoyed it more than you did. Um, um, I don't – every cell in my body is telling me to, to rate it lower because it's not a horror, but I did that to myself. So um, I think just judging it as a movie in general, I'll probably give it a seven. Okay. Well, that's your prerogative. That is my prerogative. I'm so, going to do what I want. I do me. You do you. Oh, shit. You didn't do plot holes, did you? I did not. I'm going to punch your dick. Don't punch my dick. <laughs> Psych, I did plot holes. <laughs> <laughs> Never mind that sudden break in the audio. It wasn't like a 20-minute gap or anything. So, yeah. Before we go get stabbed by a thousand needles, we got to play some plot holes. So, Tony, give me a present tense verb. Uh, Shart. That would be sharting, if it's present tense. You didn't say I-N-G. So, what's what present tense means? Currently, in the midst of. Whatever. Adjective. Uh, Uzi. Not like the gun, right? No. 
All right, another adjective. Uh, shit stained. You've used that a few times. Have I? I, I told you I'm running out of words, man. I'm, I'm trying to come up with original ones. Another adjective. I've done so many, I don't even remember. Expand uh, your vocabulary. Fuck you. Get some some flashcards. <laughs> Maybe I should start using Cards Against Humanity cards. Or something. There you go. <laughs> that, that might be pretty funny, actually. Um. Uh, what, what are we doing? Adjective. Uh, sour. What? Sour. Sour? As in, this ground is sour. <laughs> Noun. Um, broken condom. Verb. <laughs> Swedish periscope. Oh, God damn it. <laughs> I guess I guess that would be a verb, wouldn't it? Yep. Yeah. I, uh, I think so. It's either a verb or, or a noun. I, maybe it's interchangeable. I don't know. I don't... I'm not familiar with the Swedish periscope. So. Uh, present tense verb. Uh, fist. Fisting. Fisting. Whatever. Adjective. Greasy. Noun. Spunk towel. <laughs> There's a new one for you. Noun. Uh, Jared Fogel. <laughs> oh, fuck. That should be interesting. <laughs> Adjective. African-American. Oh, God. (laughs) All right. Time to see what Tony has done to the film Bubba Hotep. (laughs) Resting in the confines of a Mud Creek, Texas nursing home after sharding into obscurity following his departure from the limelight... An aging and oozy Elvis befriends a shit-stained patient named Jack, who claims to be John F. Kennedy. It seems that at the height of his popularity, Elvis had switched identities with a sour double, and upon the death of the substitute, missed his chance to reclaim his former broken condom. Despite his anger at never having made a comeback, Elvis finds a new reason to Swedish periscope when Jack tips him off to an evil mummy. (laughs) He's got a Swedish periscope with the mummy? That's not going to be wet. That's going to be dusty. Uh, evil mummy that is fisting the souls of greasy nursing home inhabitants. <laughs> Before long, the geriatric spunk towel must muster the strength to fend off the malevolent Jared Fogel sucker. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> uh, oh, uh, lest they ultimately fall prey to the African-American Bubba Hotep. <laughs> that wasn't bad. That was not bad. That was pretty good. <laughs> All right. So that's going to do it for episode 50. 50! Um, uh, before we go, I just want to thank you all for um, for sticking with us. Uh, I mean, now we know we've probably got old and new listeners. Um, but, uh, you know, we it's not something we have to do. It's just something we do for fun, something for us to really just bond as friends, I guess. Um, but it's nice to know that somebody's listening. Yeah. <laughs> Um, and, uh, you know, this, uh, 2015 has, uh, been, uh, an interesting year, <laughs> um, difficult at part at parts, um, and, uh, challenging at others, but, you know, also, also fun, um, had a lot of milestones, uh, got, we had our Hundredth movie reviewed. Um, what else? Are I mean, you know, 
we're now in our third year of doing this. We've done October Ama two years in a row. Yeah, or yeah, our second year anniversary. That's what. We, um, but uh, yeah, and uh, you know, episode fifty here. Um, so it's 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 been a, a big year for us, and uh, we've really I feel like we've kind of upped our game since we started. At least upgraded our equipment. So that's something. <laughs> yeah, I have nothing else. <laughs> um, but uh, uh, I can say for myself, and I think I speak for Taylor when I said that. When I say that we're we're proud of what we, we're doing, mm-hmm. um, and uh, we're very thankful for you guys that, that listen every couple of weeks and uh, hear us just talk bullshit for a couple of hours. Yeah. So, and thank you to all of our guests too that we yeah. had up to this point. Um, you know, you got the the Luchigor people, the Blood and Gourd people, Jessica Cameron, Tristan Risk, Eric England. Uh, you know, the the list goes on and on, and it, we appreciate them taking time out of their busy schedules to talk to two nobodies like us. Yeah, um, and uh, this I mean, this started with just a couple guys that had nothing else to do, so they decided to talk into a a laptop mic one day. Yeah. So, um, and you know, we're, 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 we're not different people because of it. I mean, we haven't reached that level of success, but I mean, we're, we're much more important than you, obviously. Sure. I mean, listen to us. We're on the internet. Yeah. Case in point, you're listening to us. Let's keep <laughs> that perspective. No, um, I'm joking, obviously. And like Tony said, it's, it's great to know that people are listening and, and enjoying what we do. Um, you know, we're not trying to entertain anyone other than ourselves, but it's nice to know that people are enjoying it. Yeah. So, um, thanks again, guys. Um, yeah, we, we've, we've had hell of a ride so far and we're looking forward it ain't over yet. Yeah. We're looking forward to the next 50. Um, so stick with us. We'll be back in a couple of weeks. Uh, with our Christmas episode. Christmas episode, yeah. Another milestone. And actually... Our third annual Christmas episode. Yeah. And also the last episode of the year. Yeah. So it'll be kind of our year-end episode, too. We'll be reviewing uh, Krampus, of course, mm-hmm. and uh, All Through the House, an independent feature. And then we'll also hopefully have a special guest. Yeah. And if, if you are a new listener, make sure you subscribe to the show on iTunes or Stitcher or... Wherever it is that you listen to podcasts, check out our website, graveplotpodcast.com. Every episode is there, as well as our short films and uh, link to the store to get yourself a t-shirt or a hoodie. Drunken Cinemas. Drunken Cinemas, too. Um, hopefully you got another one of those coming out by the end of the year. Hope so. Uh, so, yeah. Thanks again for listening. Um, and until next time. This is the Grave Plot Podcast, where we're all just a little dead inside.